I know that Dave, you watched you watched Noah this this past week. You actually watched Noah. I did, I did watch Noah. Yeah, Nakamura was the draw, and I wasn't doing anything, so I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Signed up. The ten thousand people that were in the Budokan, a lot of people that Nakamura was the draw. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I was surprised how good that match was. It was better than it had any right to be, given the uh the uh limitations of mudo but uh, and but yeah i thought that was great and naka looked like a star he, his he? entrance was awesome his outfit was fucking great um yeah great match but yeah i i watched some noah and i kind of went boy hunting <laughs> yeah. uh yeah and uh discovered well uh because i kind of decided that i was going to check out noah I thought I'd go back and rewatch some of Karen Watches Wrestling's content because she's got some Noah content on there. And I did see that the heavyweight match had Kino in it and she has a video in there on Kino. And there was, um, I went back and checked out her Nakajima stuff as well, which is really good. They're great stuff if you're looking to understand a bit more about Noah, but they're both in the Congo faction. And um, Perfect timing, Dave. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't have timed it better. Funny how that worked. And um, yeah, Kino's great. They're, the Congo, uh, for those who don't know, is a bit like uh, Noah's version of LIJ, only less kind of like trolling and, and Kino, is he's a very serious boy. He's very serious. <laughs> so they, they did a, like a, uh, and Karen does a really great breakdown of this in her video, um, the sort of Noah versus DDT thing and um, Kino having a match over there and, and kind of shitting on DDT and their play wrestling and that sort of stuff. Yep. But she does a really good breakdown of that and, the, you know, really highlighting the serious of Kino. But then through that process, he he sort of acknowledges that, yes, there is a place for that style of wrestling over there. And you do your thing, DDT. Uh, I'll be over here being a fucking maniac. Um, the match that he had on that uh that show the one that nakamura headlined uh, and muda headlined um was a great match worth yeah. checking out the guy he wrestled the champion of kimia uh, kimia fuck like a young okada mm. does a spot where he jumps over the ropes but he actually jumps over the uh the ring post yeah. and fucking somersaults and there's some crazy shit in there there's those guys good the I mean, top of the card is uh is very good um i feel like there's there's certainly a, a weakness at the at the bottom of the card it's a little indie riffic yeah. uh in in comparison to comparatively say, new japan yeah. uh, but the, but the top is good um and yeah kino's kino's a bad boy and he wants he wants to come and take Nido's head off yeah and i am all for that in a singles yeah. match so they are they are promoting so people are aware Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 is going to be, we're going to have a press conference in a couple of hours from when we're recording this. It's going to be uh, Noah v. New Japan again. Only this time, it looks like it's going to be Congo versus LIJ. And there's the there's the implication that it's going to be singles matches this time, that we are going to do the singles matches. If they do Keno versus Naito as a singles match, there's a, there's a particular level of like we talked about here's the thing this is a good sort of sort of connects the whole discussion we've had you don't need story as much as you need character interactions like they're complex mm -hmm. characters Keno is 
he's the most serious. He's so hilarious because he just yeah. takes everything so seriously. And I love a guy who, but he's so similar to Naito when that he'll speak his mind. Like he shat on Muto being in the main event over them. He's like these old fucks. Yeah. And it's and it's all from this idea of like wanting the company be, company to be so good. And he feels like his vision for it is is the right vision. And he kind of shits on like, why have you got these old boys as fucking champions yeah. when I'm here? And, Which yeah. I mean, are you talking about Naito? Because like that's yeah. the exact yeah. thing of like those two are so similar, but the way they go about it, one is dismissive and is is playful and and is the idea of sort of he he's he understands that the serious way to go and the investment will only lead to ultimately you being hurt versus Keno who's like on that journey of like I'm willing to be fucking hurt constantly because yeah. I I just I like it. I'm a fucking sadist. And and Keno fans are so much like Nido fans. They just constantly <laughs> get their hopes up and then get dashed. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he lost at that event. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also too, it's really cool with that thing. How um, <clears throat> Keno was it? How Naito Thanos him? How he's like, you embarrassed the shit out of me last yeah. year, and then Naito turned around and said, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is yeah, exactly. Which is the dismissive yeah. Naito when he, of course, he, when he will not see you, he not he will not take the time and it was Keno and obviously Shingo doing a lot of the talking uh for as well as Naito and Nakajima so if, if they if we honestly, get fucking Shingo and Nakajima and Naito and Keno, Keno, you don't need anything else you God. honestly nah. you put a bunch of body bands on the bottom holy shit um and that's the part where it's like and they've only got two weeks to build it so I was like yeah okay let's and go because Nakajima is a naughty bad boy he's naughty and, yes and uh, no no shoot naughty <laughs> yeah shoot naughty like and the bad bad man yeah. yeah there'll be there'll be a level of nerves amongst new japan officials that he'll kick shingo's head off for real <laughs> and then he'll <laughs> knock him out before the fucking title match like that that element and and despy's out here calling out yohei so yeah which could be again yohei's a i think he's a pretty talented junior and he's a very he's got a cool yeah i watched him yeah got a cool yeah, look he's, he's um good. and so i think that if they do a couple of singles matches like that to me it's to me it feels like that event was supposed to be something else it just feels like it was because it's been a very late bill for this noah thing when last time the noah event was announced in november mm. but it's happening the night before the noah card for mudo's last um match yeah. um a great mooder's last match oh, tagging with Steve. yeah Muta in Sting and Darby Allen is happening. So Sting yeah. will be in the in the country. Um and it's happening on a Saturday night. So you would hope that everyone was expecting a forbidden door kind of show, like it's going to be the open thing. That's obviously not happening. It's going to be Noah two nights in a row in Yokohama, 17,000 seat stadium, two nights in a row. Wow. Um, so the first night is New Japan's sort of crossover show. But if they do, as I said, if they do Keno, Naito, Nakajima versus Shingo, um, I think that'll draw. I think if it's Congo versus LJ, I think it'll draw because, yeah, they're a massive group. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching. And yeah. it's important to note, you know, in that promo, Sonata's sitting on his lonesome, just completely not engaging with it at all. As mm. we're having faction warfare, meanwhile, Sonata could give two shits. Because he's testing Tai Chi. Yeah, that's the thing. Look at it, you go. Yeah, but if you, but honestly, if you want to, want to spur that 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 smellness on, you want to keep pushing that narrative. Have him be someone that loses as part of the faction warfare. I mean, that's mm. 
Bushi is also someone that's been rumored to be on the potential outs. There is, there's actually legit shoot talk that Bushi might be on the outs, that he might be heading back to all Japan. So that Titan's actually been brought in as a Bushi replacement. Um, so there's some rumors going around contract season, obviously. So it'd be interesting. What if like Sonata's lost his match and he's getting the crap beat out by Congo? Or Congo just beating him up, and then like all of a sudden, like the music of Tai Chi hits, and he's like, instead of singing, he just throws down the microphone and sprints out and covers his body and sprawls it over Sonata's while they they're wailing on Sonata, and he's just like, leave my boy alone, and, and then like pick, helps Sonata pick up. Pops him out of the way. Yes. And then because Sonata never talks, really doesn't talk, he grabs a microphone and he starts serenading Tai Chi. <laughs> Like he starts singing. It's interesting you mention it, Red, because Taka Michinoku's, you know, they are just four guys. And I hope they keep that name and they grow the faction. I want them to be like 10 people and they just call themselves just four guys. Um, <laughs> but Taka said in the post-match, apparently, according to uh, according to the Japanese um, Tokyo Sports and according to Japanese uh, reporters, he's got something, he's planning something. Someone's coming. So... Um, I mean, if it's any track record of Taka, clearly he's ta- coming and hopefully not someone else's wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's in his hair. Just when you thought we were done, it's time for fun. Just when you thought Wrestle Kingdom was done, it's also time for fun. As we don't preview, but we tell you that we agree with you and that we were right. And what is that? It's a podcast for you tonight, or maybe for breakfast, or maybe a happy lunch, because this crazy group of boys, the tripod of wrestling, and it's the best thing. And it's time for us to tell you all about how New Japan is back. And it's the greatest thing ever. Sorry for blowing out the levels there, Josh. That's just how excited I am. I'm pumped, I'm dumped, and I am flumped. Flamished, blamished, and camished. We've seen Kenny Omega and Little Billy put on a 10-star match. We have seen a Mercedes roll out to the ring and miss her finishing move. We have seen four old guys... And also one missed his finishing move. But it was still one of the best wrestling events you're going to see this entire year because it is Wrestle Kingdom and we are We Work Stiff. Uh, my name is the Ravishing Red Rude. And as always, I am joined over yonder by the token himself. He is the devastator of hair care. His name <laughs> is Dr. Dave Pruden. Hi, everyone. <laughs> now, wait. Devastator of hair care is now my new moniker over Mumble Bob. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's right. just going to keep so We're just going to keep evolving this until yeah. something sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our Jay White, just go yeah. through more. And as always, <laughs> making the magic happen financially, time wise, editing wise, and romantically, he is the salad <laughs> subway adorer, the man who is never a borer, and one day I bet he'll start wearing a fedora. He oh. is the French cinema bulldog himself, Julius Dr. Josh C.R.I. Tim. 
tremendous. You've got me both in a fedora and misspelling my last name. Really. Mate, you do live in Suffolk Park. I could see you going down to buy oh. yogurt with a fedora. <laughs> hey, maybe it's me and Minoru. It's just me and Minoru, right? Turning up yeah. to Dash in a fedora, right? Oh, is that what a fedora is? Okay, well, what did Red <laughs> imagine I was wearing? Um, and we are we work stiff. I may not know much about hats, but I know a lot about wrestling moves. You know, it's funny. It's like, I know it's wrestling and all that kind of stuff and it's predetermined, but I fucking love when you get someone on Hinge like Jay and we've heard stipulations for years and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. But a loser leaves Japan match. Holy fucking shit. I absolutely adored that. Yeah, and there might be things about Hikaleo going somewhere and Jay going somewhere, but I love when those stakes are just set up and the way Jay presented it, like we, I know how much you love being here and around your family and your brother, but then for him just to dump the whole loser leaves Japan match, like, fuck me. That is awesome. I am so keen on that. And like, the thing is too, yes, it's this realm of fantasy and all that kind of stuff. That match is going to be fucking devastating. Like that match. I am genuinely nervous for Hikaleo come that match, that, that big, tall, lovable giant. Uh, you know, because I want him to stay in Japan, that's for sure. Uh, when when Jay dropped that one, I, I've just been the whole time just thinking about that match, just like crap, like that's that's some big fucking stakes right there. You've been holding on to that one, have you read? You just been like holding, you just been like <laughs> clenching the tip. Let me go, boys. Let me go. <laughs> I have, I have been holding on to that one since like Jay said it last night, and then I've just been thinking about it all day. Like, there's a lot we have to cover. And all that kind of stuff, but that's like very rarely in wrestling do I hear a stipulation where I'm like, "What the hell?" Stakes, actual <laughs> yeah. stakes. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. No, it was a crazy day uh, as a result of that um, that promo too. It sent the fucking Twitter into meltdown, and about eighty four thousand discords and about forty seven thousand uh, dirt sheets. So everything went into meltdown off the back of that. So. Uh, Yes, it's something worth talking about today, really. And that was the uh, that was the the thing that really got me the most out of the whole two days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for All listening right. to We Have Were a, Stiff. Thank you guys. And, uh, Have a good show. <laughs> well, hopefully, there's people are still interested in the um, in Wrestle Kingdom post Wrestle Kingdom, and it feels like there is a still tangible buzz. Uh, online in regards to the to the show and then off the back of dash is tangible buzz in terms of the directions oh. moving forward so hopefully that's a good thing for us as a you know new japan story and character podcast there's not a lot of those out there um so if people well, are interested I, in that it works for us you know i think like the cool thing too is a couple of things I, I would like to know i'd like to know when the streaming spikes happened like at what particular points did people start logging in and getting their subscriptions and all that kind of stuff and also what people are going to be drawn over to new japan now from AEW and say other other promotions and and actually start engaging with on a more of a regular basis i'm, I'm genuinely curious to see what this year is going to look like in terms of viewership well i, I tweeted it out and it's been um promoted by new japan world they uh, on New Japan Global's uh, Twitter account, they announced uh, they had 93,000 live viewers uh, during the show, uh, which is a record for the service. Wow. So concurrent, that's accounts, um, 93,000 live individual user accounts. 
Um, so they probably had, if 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 my, how most people use their New Japan World accounts goes, yeah, yeah. probably had double that. It's um, probably two. It's probably like two or three hundred thousand. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a few hundred thousand there. Three, three or fours. <laughs> I mean, uh, my favorite thing that I loved before Wrestle Kingdom started was the panic. Don't forget yeah. to log in. You've got to no. log in. Oh my god! And it's like, oh, you, oh, log in. Oh, it's not loading. It's not loading. Ah. Yeah, well, that's the OGs that were around for when that first spike happened. But it seems like there wasn't that much of an issue. The, the bigger issue no. sort of happened in the in the lead up in terms of people. There was no signs of issue with it crashing during the show. It was just spikes in terms of people signing up. So obviously they 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 felt like there was a direction that they had to get prepared for it, and they did. Um, Again, this is people that watched it live. So you'd make it an assumption that there's probably 10, 15% of people that haven't watched it live. So it's probably that, that mythical 100,000 uh, subscriber number is, that we've heard about is clearly accurate. Um, but the fact is the concurrent viewers at the same time, over 30% international. So it's a good sign that New Japan has, ironically, I mean, it seems hard to imagine, but it's back to its pre-pandemic levels in terms of, Western interest, um, which is, you know, despite all of the the doomsday discussion in regards to where New Japan is, um, that's a really encouraging number. Now, granted, uh, we had Kenny Omega and obviously Mercedes uh, on the show, and they've paid. I mean, Mercedes obviously paid for herself already. Um, so it's a really encouraging number, though, and it's the positive for me is that it. It felt like a Wrestle Kingdom and mm. for the 90-odd thousand that are turning in for the, you know, I don't know how many for the first time, maybe 25% of that or whatever. Hopefully there was something on that show that hooked them for coming back. Um, <laughs> for life. Yeah. Um, for life. I saw a few comments on Twitter about, oh, it's my first Wrestle Kingdom and... You know, it's just a pre-show and I already love it. This is amazing. Mm. And then people being like, oh, well, if you like this, wait until it gets later in the show. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, you're right. I saw someone say, I can't believe how good these old people are. <laughs> um, a lot of people signed up for Mercedes. It's it's obvious. Like that was something they wanted to see her. Um, and there's a strategy in that, obviously, and what New Japan's trying to do there. Uh, but you just hope that, it's a, it's a tricky one because a lot of the discussion early was what's the crossover going to be? Because if you're like, you're a Sasha Banks, Mercedes, Monet fan, like, are you going, like, what's the part of your, your women's wrestling fan? You're obviously invested in her. Like, where would the crossover be in terms of will you adopt uh, New Japan proper uh, and continue to watch that beyond just her? And I think from the sounds of it, a lot of people were just, yeah, were really um taken by the pageantry and sort of a lot of the aesthetic that they probably like about her character they found represented in sort of wrestle kingdom now granted it's wrestle kingdom so pageantry is at an all-time high but you hope that perhaps they found some some things that they were potentially you know interested in um, and will follow and at very least it's created a bit it's firmly re-established new japan as um you know on that on that tier with the you know the WWE AEW one two discourse that New Japan has re reestablished itself as, um, you know that third brand and that alternative brand now, um, and that was the big takeaway I had was how many people that have been watching AEW and have gone away from New Japan and returned back, and were like, 
Ah, uh, <laughs> it was like, oh, that's right. Um, that's right. That's what this was. Um, and it's almost like people being sort of not fooled, but they've the slow. It's like when someone um, you live with someone for a long period of time, and they make subtle changes over time, and you don't notice those changes. Um, but then someone comes and sees them after three years and they think, oh, there's been a massive shift here. Something's different. Um, I think people have have sort of transposed that early stage AEW and the early stage Omega and the early stage kind of um, New Japan inspired AEW with what the current product is. And it's been incremental changes over time. And then it wasn't until them being transported back to a New Japan setting and particularly seeing Kenny Omega in that New Japan setting that the light bulb went off and it was like, I like this guy better here <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if I should say that. And then everyone's saying it and um, yeah, yeah it, it became a noticeable thing of the moment of realization for a lot of people um, of where new Japan stands and what it represents in the broader pro wrestling landscape. I think uh, upon reflection <laughs> and <laughs> rethinking some immediate thoughts, but yeah, I certainly noticed the, the uh, like a, not necessarily exactly like Kenny of old, but certainly not this like AEW Kenny. It no. was more in line with what he was before he left. Um, on that, I don't know. He was he was different still. Again, uh, you know, I mean, Meltzer did talk about maybe they held back on. Some stuff I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not necessarily. Maybe it was more story than mm. moves, mm. which, which was kind of a nice change for me. Um, but yeah, because you know that the two of them together could do all the moves there are. Yeah, uh, and it didn't seem to be quite so much of that. It was like Will selling a lot of it, which was mm. not what. I think it probably anyone really expected. Um, and then you got a bit more out of Kenny that way too than what you would have through, you know, just putting on a AEW style sort of TV match. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the big, yeah, the big revelation. I, I think it's something that we'll, we'll definitely get into, but it, and you use the word and we'll get into it once we get to the, to, you know, talking about the highlights and stuff of that nature, but you used a word of high drama and for me, that was my big takeaway of the revelation in terms of how it's presented is New Japan can yeah. do drama. And um, I don't think, I honestly don't think weekly television can do drama because it's not, not high drama, not like high that, drama, no. not, not where it's like, it's got this sense that it feels you're just captivated. You're connected. You, it feels real. The stakes feel real. The outcomes feel real. Everything feels real in a way that you just can't you can't replicate the production feels organic it just it's a presentation and a positioning of pro wrestling that is different and it's an opportunity for people to get to a point where the emotion and the it just it, it heightens to a point that's beyond um it doesn't feel forced or it doesn't feel it's 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 a very it's a very distinct presentation, and you notice it when yeah. you have a guy who is transitioning between both things and putting on great you know pro wrestling to the masses, but yeah. there's something distinct in the way it's there. I, I think I think it's the the key thing that I uh, the key difference between 
um, that Western presentation and Japanese presentation of wrestling is, uh, and why I'm connected to it and why I struggle with AEW and, you know, I just refuse to watch anything WWE, but um, is, is that like you have the pageantry, like you said, but you get, you get that gritty realness um, as well as, and I just think that that just adds so much more to the overall experience of it. And uh, for me personally, I become that much more invested mm. uh, in, you know, results and uh, trying to trying to understand what's coming uh, as a result of the results, really. Because it feels like there's an investment there that's beyond just a story that people have written in that sense. It doesn't feel like a story as much as it's a drama being played out by characters. Um, yeah, I, that was my big takeaway. I was just like, ah, oh, this is... Because it was just trying to understand, like I saw a lot of people on, on Twitter of, that are coming back into New Japan and that was their sort of overarching takeaways when it comes to the big show, when it comes to the big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not saying, not discounting, AEW's had some great, you know, dramatic moments throughout the time and often they occur on pay-per-view and that sort of stuff. But it's so hard where you're having to, you're having a format that just doesn't allow you to be, to play things out in a logical long-term feel, slow build, other than just repeating steps or, or hitting things over the head. This one, has never been like that in Japan and Japanese pro wrestling as a whole doesn't really allow that. Um, you have to rely upon people say all oh, storytelling in the ring, but it's more than just that. It's just, it just the storytelling outside the ring, you know, the, mm. there's, there's storytelling everywhere happening, but it's characters. It's not like just people say storytelling in the match. And I just, I just think that's, that's not as interesting as I'm saying. It's just characters involved in a, in a, an act of combat, and the drama and the stakes are involved in their character interactions. You know, it's not yeah. story as much as it's character interaction, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's why I'll always be a massive J mark is because of, you know, you know, the consensus is that that was not the best match of the night. Right. Mm. Pretty much an overall consensus. Mm. Uh, and I think Will did a really great job in the lead up creating that the 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 art form of professional wrestling not being just about the two best guys in the ring yeah it became then much more about like what jay does almost every fucking event is Mm. makes pro wrestling the the pre-show the press conference the after the the during the walkout the, the every interaction is then his work of art in the form of pro wrestling not just yeah. a five-star fucking banger or whatever you know yeah and that is that is uh, uh effectively the difference for me yeah osprey i tweeted out about the osprey promo i didn't think he could do it i honestly didn't think he had the capacity to do something like that um and i don't discount that that led to some more buys because it was good old-fashioned pro wrestling in that he added stakes he added stakes mm. in a way that people weren't expecting he baby faced himself, which is interesting. <clears throat> like he made that explicit, which is again, it, these are these are things that Osprey has not traditionally been great at, but is improving. He mm. laid it out for everybody, new people that had no idea about what they're coming in for. He established the story. He made it clear. He baby faced himself against Kenny as the heel. Kenny not believing Kenny still doesn't believe he's the heel in that dynamic, and that allows him to flip flop pretty convincingly. But that promo 
and that story um, of I have sacrificed a lot and you're belittling, belittling me, um, don't you dare belittle me, where he's, in essence, in essence, he is adopting the persona of New Japan for the last three years um, and Kenny being the outsider that's gone on to the greater claim or whatever and you looking dismissively down at me not recognising the great work that's being put on in the shadows established a perfect dynamic and it was clear that Osprey was the baby face to the court to the crowd again things that people would not would not be expecting everything that people expected going into that match from the moment that press conference hit expectations had to be readjusted in terms of what we were going to get mm. and I think when Meltzer said they held back I mean he can have his opinion on what they I mean Brian Alvarez's head nearly exploded when Meltzer said that but I think what Meltzer's hinting at is that it didn't feel like the match that Meltzer expected. You know, it wasn't the, yeah. it wasn't what he was expecting in terms of what his, and that's to me is like perfect. Yeah, I think he was, he was expecting the flippy doos and like way more of that sort of stuff. Even though he, even though he's very strong on acknowledging that Osprey has improved a ton at his storytelling stuff, Meltzer's understanding of storytelling is still couched in athletic high like high end performance. You know, lots of flips and lots of crazy high spots and people going nuts. Um, but it was a much more story-driven match than, than, as I said, and I think story needs to be reframed in the New Japan context. As I said, character interaction-driven, you know, character dynamic-driven. Because the story itself is playing out as it happens and it's changing as it happens. And that's the key part about it. Like, whatever you think the story going in is and the story coming out are different. So if it's storytelling, the narrative adjusts. It's more character interaction driven and those two characters and the macro story which i'm interested to explore when we get to talk about jay and okada i think it all ties together well it just feels like new japan's back nuge is back baby mm. and i mean that's that's honestly how i feel right now it's like the the gears have now realigned and they're in the correct spot they're meant to be and it's full it's full steam ahead right now that train is on the tracks and it is going to be off to bangerville after bangerville and we have so much to look forward to this coming year with brand new factions being formed. Uh, who's signing up to those factions? We've got new dynamics, new storylines coming from it all. And I have to, like, I always see Wrestle Kingdom, I've said it before, it is like a great album. It's from start to finish. It's not just one particular match that stands out for me. The Okada J match to me was just a cherry on top, personally. I thought that match was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was the correct match to follow Kenny and Will. That was my great takeaway. As he said, Red Nuge is back. Um, as but I think what Osprey said was very true. Nuge is, hasn't gone anywhere. It's struggled because of it's been handicapped by a bunch of factors that are still going to be lingering to some extent. But its commitment to entertaining its fans, its commitment to trying to get to where it could present this in front of twenty six thousand people, which is you know a number on par with the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom that had first Omega. Uh, Okada match so they're sort of back to that point in terms of fan interest relative to the fucking pandemic I think we're we're gearing up for another run I'm excited by that potential just to touch on that promo real quickly in one fell swoop Will not only realigned and reminded everyone about how devastating the pandemic was but he completely humanified um I don't know if that's a word but humanified uh, humanized is the word humanized, humanized himself with the, the when he said the line like i had to watch people's funerals through an ipad yep ryan smiles yeah yeah so like and then this like but don't you belittle me like he took it to such a different level 
and completely humanified himself to all of us that like it was really easy to get behind Will 100%. But the thing that blew me away was that Kenny came out and it was the Kenny that we haven't seen for so long. And yeah, we'll we'll most likely get and talk to that match. But if you're a young wrestler and you want to know how to cut a promo, you just go and watch young Billy Boy right there because the, the guy usually is known as being a bit of an idiot. Um, and yeah, oh, he's still an idiot. He's still an idiot. Yeah, still an idiot. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he, yeah he he literally he human fired himself big time and made him got himself some great sympathy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's figured it out. He's figured out who he is i think yeah it's probably what i've gained most like in the past when i've watched will it was like yeah amazing in ring and it's kind of like beyond that like that, i think the first time i really saw uh anything that was like oh that's that's an interesting kind of character thing was that match that we saw against robbie in melbourne that time where he yeah. where he switched on the spot and became the country heel because it was Robbie's hometown crowd. Well, not hometown, but home country crowd. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then, you know, he's shown bits and pieces since. But yeah, this United Empire thing, when he when he kind of went heel there for a while, won the title, mm. and he's almost doing like a like a McGregor type yeah. sort of character there. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And now he's yeah, now he's sort of carved his path. And um, it's a fucking Tai Chi's matching up with him, and I can't be happier for Tai Chi. I think it's great. <laughs> and and Will has to be heel because you can't. Yeah. You, tai Chi's not going to be You can't baby over, over Tai Chi. <laughs> you can't. Um, so, yeah, great. For, like, we'll get to a great for Tai Chi. Fuck yeah. Elevate Tai Chi. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it, obviously. But I think it's the broader issue, is, as I said, it's the broader thing. It's a takeaway of coming to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, this time of year, uh, everyone coming to see that. And I just like that. For me, the way I look at it is they went an unashamedly New Japan approach with it. And that was what I was happy about. Like if you say New Japan's back, New Japan's authentically back, where it's like, okay, you're going to come in here, Kenny. You're going to come and work this thing. You're going to have to work this this style. And can you yep. do that is kind of the, the, the thing. And I just love that Jay and Okada went out there to follow it and say, well, we're going to do what we're going to do um again unabashedly new japan pro wrestling main event style um take it or leave it i don't give a fuck yeah we're gonna add to add to the saga yeah i just like the fact that everyone came out after oleg and were like yo i'm gonna take on that i'm gonna take on that challenge you know they have to follow oleg's match and they they really they took the ball and ran with it yeah thanks for the house oleg thanks for the house please exactly the draw okay yes as red mentioned we are going to review uh, Wrestle Kingdom in our own special way, as well as Dash. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of uh, Wrestle Kingdom reviews and stuff that come out quickly, but obviously our approach is to think about the broader character story implications. So we wanted to watch Dash and cover that in, in sort of a one whole thing. Um, we sort of got our own little approach to this. I think it will be, hopefully it'll be logical and make sense. It'll be easy to follow. We'll see how we go. There's a lot of things happening. It was a packed Wrestle Kingdom and a packed Dash in terms of basically nearly every match had a had a direction coming out of it. So um, we'll see how we go. We'll look at what was our sort of our highlights from Wrestle Kingdom, our, our areas that sort of let us down, disappointments, and we'll look at some of the the stories that we are keen to to follow moving forward 
uh, in New Japan in 2023 with some listener questions related to those things as well. So that's uh, as good a spot to start. Um, it's basically like hitting the ropes, right? It's very similar. There's three things. It is. It is, it is like hitting the ropes. I was actually mm. just thinking that. It's like the winners and losers of the week and then, yeah. Yeah, and then what we're looking forward to, to tracking into 2023 in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So with that said, Red, would you like to kick us off in terms of what were your highlights of Wrestle Kingdom? That uh, New Japan's back. That's it. It's Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> no, nah, like the whole thing. I was so Jones for it. I was so excited. And, you know, to hear the, the chanting in the crowds, uh, very difficult for me to pick one or just two things. I mean, you know, the, the whole Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay spectacle that will no doubt, it's gone into the category that I love putting matches into. You know, like when someone's like, oh, we got a match you can recommend from New Japan. So mm. it's gone straight into that category. That that list of mine isn't that big, actually, but it's definitely made that list. Uh, getting to see Oleg, and or not only that, though, getting to see, because in true WrestleMania X7, uh, we had a traditional wrestling match, um, a la the two other boys from the last X7. Um, so, you know, traditional <laughs> wrestling great match. Great comparison for Oleg there, Ed. Let's hope the, uh, his career tracks a little bit better. I didn't say which one. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so having that and then, you know, just getting to see, you know, the aesthetics of a Wrestle Kingdom done by Alat New Japan. And yeah, I mean, I think also too, like, like I said, it's, it's really difficult for me to go, here's one match that really stood out for me because the way I always see Wrestle Kingdom is it's like an album. It's start to finish. I can't ever just put one thing on. I get that, but I know going in, you were that omega osprey match was the thing that you were sort of very much flagging because we obviously here at the show dave and i were um keen with the main event you were obviously drumming up sort of interest and support for that match obviously reflecting you know general interest so i'm interested if that lived up to the expectation yeah it did because you know as someone who was a huge fan pre-pandemic and everything and absolutely adored kenny omega as the cleaner and loved all of that you know leading before AEW and you know the Okada Kenny one two and three uh all that kind of stuff and then seeing Kenny Omega and AEW and I know he was injured I know he was injured and he wasn't doing too well but just seeing like a really watered down version of Kenny not a, not a version of Kenny that I actually enjoyed watching didn't draw me didn't grab me if Kenny was in the main event cool I'll check it out but it wasn't why I was watching it which was unusual because I was such a big fan of Kenny Omega, but to actually see that portrayal of Kenny going up against Will Ospreay, like seeing you know the big, the, you know, the best bout machine taking on the aerial assassin, you know, just in, in such a great display of mature, mature wrestling and knowing and putting on an actual like wrestling match that you know really, really like you know someone like Kenny Omega and and now seeing Will Ospreay do that. I'm now convinced that Will can just keep putting on things like that, even though I hope he doesn't, doesn't destroy his body. But it, really that match was absolutely amazing. And like I said, it, it's gone into the hall of what I recommend. So if I had a friend come over and they're like, hey, Red, can you show me some of that Japanese sumo wrestling you watch? Uh, I would go and hunt that match out very quickly and put it on start to finish while I stare at them while they watch it. <laughs> um. Well, it's, it's surprising. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I went into that with, look, I expected it to be very good. 
I like from its from a technical execution standpoint, I was like, these guys are, you know, they're going to be good. Um, obviously, there's some they hadn't wrestled. I've only wrestled the once before in PWG, and that was a classic PWG spot fest, you know. Like so, um, it's a cool thing to look back on and look at Will Osprey in particular, who looks tiny in that um, in that match, um, and to see how far he's obviously come. Um, as Dave mentioned, I was very surprised by the structure of it in terms of Will just basically getting brutalized mm. for the entire match, having a couple of hope spots and then losing. Mm. Um, it's very clear. Um, it's very clear that they're, um, and it's going to be interesting, Dave. I'm interested. I'm very interested um, in regards to your thoughts on this because it's pretty clear i think they've established there's a series coming right like it's pretty well pretty well osprey has been humbled in a way that um led to a a really great post-match press conference as well in which he basically said he doesn't want to give up anymore he's he's sacrificed enough is this is what it is and has declared he's this is his year he's got one year to right this wrong or he's going to leave basically so he's established a um a bit of a timeline for himself. And this is the year of Osprey. I think that's going to be something to, to track. Um, I think that's the story that they ultimately want to tell is Osprey beating Okada in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom um, to, because, uh, you know, Osprey's wrestled Okada twice at Wrestle Kingdom um, and has lost both times. And the story of him having to learn from Omega how because Omega is a guy who has beaten Okada um, and sort of surpassing him to become the next guy that can have the capacity to beat Okada will be the story. So I expect him, I expect Osprey to be winning the G1 and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be that. That's the chase. But in the meantime, he's going to be engaged with Omega as sort of fighting for that title and fighting for that role to overcome him, which should hopefully elevate Osprey's standing in the in the world of pro wrestling, um, and if it does do that, then that will be a, a, a sort of a great win for him. Um, I'm I'm hopeful we get more of this presentation than than before. I think if he can be this guy, um, and importantly the guy he turned up at Dash as, um, I'll be all for it because I think he turned up at Dash and he showed that he had been he was a stroppy boy he was upset about the loss he was clearly pissed off and hurt and and started lashing out at taichi who would not stand for such disrespect um like taichi's like what the fuck did i do uh which is a classic (laughs) i couldn't believe will was there i was shocked when i saw will come out like what will's there yeah and taichi's response of just choking him just merely going for the throat fuck you um and then those two getting serious like that's the sort of that's the thing that will has unlocked and it's a thing that's it's happened over time but he's unlocked that ability to flippy guys can be so seen as so performative and kenny's had that for a long time it's a tricky thing that he has to it, you can seem like it's performative it's like that's art out there uh the fight stuff is when when osprey's at his best and i think the loss to omega the embarrassment of that, the the humiliation of that, the way that he got just dismantled ultimately, like that's what happened. 
um, that that will set about a character shift. And we saw it with Kenny Omega, who I think has shifted face. So that's the that's the trajectory I think we're going to see for Osprey as the the main event heel um, in the foreseeable future. I think is that's kind of where he's where he's tracking for this year. He hunts down the elusive Okada. I just think it's kind of interesting that both he and Jay, off the back of a loss, have come back the next night at Dash very fucking angry. Mm-hmm. I like I like that sort of um, parallel between the two of them. There's a there's a parallel there, Dave, that I am incredibly interested to explore. I think I've figured it out. I think I've figured out exactly what I was feeling in terms of no story really going in, what's going to happen coming out. Osprey is going to get the elevation. That's happening. Um, again, Taichi, I'm so happy to see that. That's one of the great sort of things where it's now Will was an established guy. So when whoever he's paired up against has gets the the rub of that, yeah. and to see that they they consider Taichi as that, and only that they consider it in a babyface role. Well, and it's too. It's like um, even uh, the in the Rambo when Taichi was kind of he was sort of faced with four guys at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, wasn't he? yeah. And he was going to take them all on, and the crowd was sort of like got excited about it yeah uh, i think you got eliminated but by those guys uh, they, they, yeah. the, the, the crowd wants to see tai chi succeed and he is getting over despite constantly losing and so this movement uh you know just four guys you know the, the split of suzuki going is kind of interesting and then you know to be then paired up with uh, an angry, very serious Osprey. Maybe I'm hopeful that that brings out uh, another edge in Tai Chi. Uh, that was a highlight for me for Dash. Um, yeah, you were sort of talking about the parallel. Did you want to talk more about that or do you want to? Well, these two main events are so connected because everyone is going to. Of the highlights of Wrestle Kingdom, I have a feeling that everyone is going to dedicate a lot of time to Omega Osprey and going through like move by move and how when they did this thing, how crazy was that? Or the crazy DDT spot or the crazy table spot or the crazy, like there's a bunch of insane things that they did there. He smashed his head through a table multiple times. Yeah. You know, and again, doing study of Juice and ELP, which is an important, you know, that's good, good tape study. You know, if you're going to be learning these things, uh, follow in the the footsteps of legends, um, and I thought that was a really you know vicious element. Um, the use of the table, that sort of stuff. They're they're crazy stuff that are going to go viral, and, and they did. They became you know people sharing highlights. It was nuts. It was nuts. Great, a great showcase of what professional wrestling can be at the highest you know level of difficulty. Uh, and the only thing I'll, I'll mention for that in terms of that was there's the one spot where they did the. Um, Call back to the Tiger suplex from Okada Omega, where Osprey flips out of it off the top rope, right? Lands on his feet, uh, which calls back to him and Ibushi, and then proceeds to engage in like a bunch of stuff to get to an Os cutter. The degree of difficulty involved in that spot, in terms of don't fuck up, um, there's about four things in that interaction that you just can't fuck up, uh, and they landed it perfectly. That's stuff you're like, wow, these guys are just you know, flawless on a level that few can reach. Um, but again, calling back to uh, stories of the past. And that was the idea that calling back to Omega Okada. 
and I think that's important. I think it's really important um, because I feel like, and we can talk uh, talk about my highlight. I don't know what your highlight of the um, of Rescue Kingdom is, Dave, but I rewatched today Jay and Okada. Um, I rewatched both main events, but then I, I took a bit of time and I waited and I watched Jay and Okada in a sort of isolation. And I was sort of stunned by the last, the second half of the match is, I think is really, 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 really good. Yeah. And the last like eight minutes, I think are incredible. Like there's some stuff that's happening in that, that you have to be, it's like laser focus. You need laser focus to be paying attention, but the, the intricacy and the callback and not only that, the shift and the movement of the character of Jay White in the last eight yeah. minutes is yeah. stunning, but it's equally matched by Okada, who is who does something that I hadn't like we Okada's character is like, what is it? We've always sort of said that. But there is an edge that he brought in the last eight minutes that I have not I have honestly have not seen from him. He hit the stiffest rainmaker he has ever hit. He absolutely leveled jay at the end of that and he beat he like humbled him he hit him so hard he humbled him he hit him so hard jay said apologized like but the subtlety of jay i was like what is this thing i was like, I'm trying to figure out what is this thing like what is he doing where he's constantly he's like saying you will not take this away from me he's like he's breaking down jay is in tears there's a he's literally in tears it's an incredible performance from being able to convey emotion. Like we talked about it before, Dave, about, you know, being able to, be able to showcase emotion through their matches. Mm. Jay is, he was a borderline a mess at the end of that match, just from an emotional standpoint. He was a wreck. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does he care so much about? What is he, what is he, like, what is he talking about? My, mo what does he care so much about this Wrestle Kingdom moment thing? What does he, what does he worry about? And it was like, okay, I'm watching it and then I'm watching the end and I, I hear Charlton talk a lot about it. Charlton did a great job. He actually compete. Charlton's making Tolstoy references at the beginning of the match. So I'm like, my boy Charlton, get into it, son. There's some there's some lit uh, 101 for everyone. But it was the idea of the villain, like this guy playing the the guy. He wants to be the villain, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And it wasn't until looking at the 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 post match presser where he made it pretty clear for about half of it like where he's talked about Okada being kind to him and about yeah. Okada being that man is a champion. I was like, okay, what is he talking about? And then he obviously snaps and goes a certain direction. And then the next night, Omega and Okada teaming. I was like, what the fuck's happening here? And I thought, as you mentioned, Dave, Omega and Okada are teaming. And then the two people that they have beaten are these broken, angry, vitriolic messes mm -hmm. that are fucking frustrated. And I'm like, why are they frustrated? And I'm like, why? What is it that's driving it? That's what is their motivation moving forward? And I'm like, okay. We talked about it a long time about who does Jay want to, like, what does Jay want to be? Like, that's my thing. What does he want to be? Because he's a champion. And I looked at his win win loss record. He has beat this year is 15 and one. Has he had a better record last year than Okada did. He had the best record in New Japan in terms of win loss ratio. He has a win. He has a positive win loss record against Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Omega. Mm. Dominant record over everyone. He has been multiple time champion, Grand Slam champion. He's been everything. So anyone that sort of says about Jay, like he hasn't, he has achieved everything, and yet he's not happy. Why is he not happy? What is he seeking? And it's like it sort of dawned on me. It's like 
that boy wants to be the ace. He wants to be Okada. Like he wants yeah. to be that guy. And then when you see the moment where they walk out at the end of it, he is crying in the arms of Gato, looking back at a victorious ace. And it calls back that moment. Yeah. Of of Okada and Tanahashi. In in Gato's arms, crying, looking back at a victorious ace of the man that he wants to be. And Jay has questions all of these things as he's there realizing I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, but I'm all he wants is recognition as being the champion. And when he, he has that moment of realization in that press conference where he's like, he was so kind to me and I, I have to live with the, what I've done to him. And I have to think about that. And he goes, that man is a champion. And it's like that line to me is what he wants to be. He wants to be considered the champion. Regardless of if he has the belt or not, he wants to be considered the champ, like a champion, a guy that carries himself as the champion. Yeah, the, the belt is synonymous with the person. That be, he wants to be that. And yeah. it, it's, it comes down to every aspect of it, even when it, uh, where a Carter overcame the ace and became the ace to the extent now he's fucking a Noki, so he's like the ultimate ace. Mm. Even Jay wanted to take that from him. He wanted to be the Anoki guy. You know, have you do you notice though, like in order for Okada to become considered the ace over Tanahashi, he had to not have Gato. Yeah, he had to do it on his own. It wasn't until that moment when, when like you know, it, he had that long reign, but everyone was still calling Tanahashi the ace, the ace yep. of the universe. So that was still like the commentary was always reiterate that point that oh this is Tanahashi's the ace he's the ace and you know we have this dominant champion that the longest reign the most Mm. amount of reigns and still it was this and it wasn't until uh Gato switched and went to Jay that then Okada gets effectively called the ace by the people not just the company but by fans well because he remember he goes away for a bit he goes away, he goes and holds balloons and people miss him. They realize just how big a gap he leaves in terms of their the positioning of him in the company. And by the time he returns to that position, Tanahashi's already had an opportunity. Tanahashi's been world champion in, in that absence, right? Well, yeah, well, he, he also lost that series to Kenny too. So yeah. he had to go and have his mental breakdown with the balloons for the G1 uh and then yeah it was kind of after that really it was that next transition and when he fully went and when he went back to the short boys remember it was a long voice for then he went Mm. back to the short boys now and then the enokians yeah so it's interesting um yeah i would agree with that he that's that's what he wants to be but he's he's in a position now where he's still blaming like jay i'm talking about he's he's blaming others he's looking for a scapegoat as to why he's not what he wants to be. He got so not... close, Dave. He got so close in that press conference to realization. Yeah, it's realizing that it's it's him. It's him. And he got he was that close. And then as soon as he's on the precipice of recognizing that, where he's talking about the last to Jay show and all he went through yeah. all of his things, he's reflecting and ruminating on the persona he has created and questioning whether that's a thing. He gets just to the precipice of realizing I have to, if I want to be like Okada, I have to be like Okada in terms yeah, of that it, thing. And no. it's about, it's about the mental state. 
Mm. So Akata isn't wasn't it like Jade dominated a majority of that match. That's how that played out. But it, you know, and even even when Jay still had offense, it was his mental state that was breaking down. And then that's when Okada was able to get the upper hand. And there was mm. there was that shift in that last 10 minutes. Uh, that that for me, that period, that second half of that match was the highlight of Wrestle Kingdom for me. Mm. I would have liked just five minutes more and it would have been like chef's kiss. It would have just been perfect. The perfect main event to come after that match. I would have liked five more minutes of just a couple more near falls. Yeah. Which is Um, so odd, isn't it? Because they didn't do, they just didn't do the big near fall inverted. A lot of feet. It wasn't like the normal traditional way they go about it. Yeah, I just would have liked to just a, a, just a stretch that out just a little bit more, just to add to the drama of of that. Mm. But that's, I mean that that would have kind of because it was a, it was a story of two matches for me. That first section it was like a, it was a quite a long setup to that second half, and then the, mm. then that match sort of ramped up and changed, and that became about the mental state of Jay and Okada being stoic and strong and. Uh, and they and they really talk to that. But anyway, that's yeah. That's but isn't it. that the idea though? Like a Carter being because a Carter had to break to get. So they're saying like always oh, Rocky's reiterating on commentary. He's, he's the strongest, mentally the strongest wrestler in, in in pro wrestling. He's just you can't break him. And it's yeah. like, well, we've seen him broken. We've actually seen yeah. him come have a complete break. And so it's this idea of he built himself back up to be this guy that you can't break. And the thing about Jay, that beginning of that match, it, that although it's a slow period, it's sort of punctuated by a consistent, like Jay sort of realizing the, like acknowledge me. He keeps saying that, acknowledge me for this stuff, like recognize what I've done. The crowd's chanting, thank me for that. Thank me for that. It's a constant need to be acknowledged and recognized for what he has done to the point of he wants to be recognized for things he hasn't done. Um, mm-hmm. He's overcompensating. But the, the story of that is, again, it's Jay in control. And I, and I realized it when it was happening. I was like, because I, I, on, on reflection, I think it might be their best match together. And, and yeah, it's it's tricky because I, I think the, the, the one the 18-minute one, the Wrestle Kingdom 13 match, I still think it's really, really good because it came, it was so ingenious how Jay just stopped Okada's classic run, like Okada's about to do his hot streak at the end of his, and just bang, done. That sort of, that lo- that was so clever, um, but this one in in terms of the the last half was was ingenious in terms of how it was positioning a transition of character and a, and also shining a light on something that I hadn't necessarily realized. Just Jay wrestles like Okada mm-hmm. in the the structures of his match. The the, yeah. the they are and to some people the pairing is is gotten played out. And I think it's because they are very similar. So when they work together, both guys, their very, very best stuff is brought out by people that bring the the pace and the energy and the action to them that they can play off and simplify and craft around narrative. They're really good at that. They they, they rely on the simple things. Both of them have rely on a couple of key moves, a couple of they're geniuses at it. They know where to place that. Yeah, that's why that Jay Ibushi match was so fucking good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's like they're the same guy. So if you think about it, Jay's just the, the the very heelish. He is the broken ace kind of guy. That's his positioning. He's everything you do, 
I mean, he was telling that story, wasn't he, about, would you know, Akata wants to be Anoki, I'm Anoki, I'm yeah. what Anoki would want. So, yeah, he's telling, he's trying to tell the same story. Yeah, he's trying to say the exact same thing. And he's saying that I am you and no one is seeing it. And I'm you, but I'm younger. And you don't recognize me yet. And you won't recognize me yet. And I don't, they played it out the whole way. And it had to happen. The story had to be there. It had to be this moment of him having that failure. That and he said after it, "I'm not wrestling you again." Like mm. you for that title, like you can go for it. I don't. I because it was he was truly defeated. And I thought maybe in that moment he has given up his goal of being the ace. Like he surrendered it. He just said, "I don't know what I need to do, and I'm not going to try." Um, I'm not going to do it anymore, which is that beautiful Naito element where it's like, perfect. Stop trying to be it. You'll end up being it. Mm. And he then went into the viciousness. And what I thought was interesting, and this is why I thought the, the pairings are doing, there's a parallel between that. It's Osprey is about to go on his Omega arc. So if Jay is positioning himself as the Okada, Osprey is going to position him as position himself as the Omega. That's the... That's where we that's we're headed there sometime. That's the history making match. That's your main event history making match where you have two foreigners in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. That's mm. I don't know when it's happening, but it's happening. And it started on this night where the two of them got to see the version of who they want to be and were humbled by them. Mm. That to it, me is the story. It really means like this year that G1, whenever the two of them cross paths. Every time, whether it's a tag match, whatever, multi-man. Well, will he beat? Will Jay be in it? Well, that, well, that's the thing. Like, it's going to be yeah. fascinating to see how the two Billy Boy and Jay interact with each other. It's going to add a new, a new dimension and level to their story. I, uh, I like the idea of Jay stepping away for a bit and and uh, having his mental break. Like, you know, like fucking Naito did it. He was, he was, you know, trying to be the man, stepped away, came back as what we know now. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. It'd be, it'd be interesting. And everyone's expecting that too, Dave. Everyone's expecting that that's what's going to happen with this loser leaves Japan thing, that that will be Jay, that will be the one that will leave. Um, I don't think it will be. I think he's the master of this. The absolute mark. It's it's January, January. Tell me it's yeah. January without telling me it's January. It's people will speculate that Jay will be in the Royal Rumble. That's just <laughs> you, you can tell. You can set your watch to it. Um, but that dash match, right? Again, these are the things you have to just. You have to be like a hawk when you're watching Jay. When he beats Hikaleo with the chair, he beats the absolute shit out of him. It was impressive. You got to watch ELP because ELP mm. is. Is like stop, man, stop! And he's like trying to trying to grab the chair off him. He's like, this is getting out of hand. ELP, who also had just used the Never Belt on Tama and had a little crisis of crisis of conscience by looking at it, going, "Oh, geez, yeah." There's a thing to me where we all thought that Jay is going to get booted from Bullet Club for being too weak or whatever. I think it might be he gets booted because he's too fucking erratic. He's like yeah. he's oh, impossible he's to. It. He's lost his. He's off the plot. Even the way he was with Charlton, the way he's like stepping over the barrier. Brilliant. Charlton, he's just like going off at him. And then like he jumps the and barrier and straight back to Gato. And he's like, oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. Too, sweet. Too sweet. What's going on? I'm cool. And then uh, when he 
put up the two sweet but wasn't looking at the other guys no. he looked away and waited for them to make their mind up to too sweet him like he wasn't egging them on he wasn't saying come on too sweet me he was like dismissive of them he's like let's fucking do this and he said let's just fucking do it. even kenta was like let's not get violent here like that's enough and like, yeah fucking kenta, give him a chance to be a nice like, <laughs> when kenta's the voice of reason we're all in trouble <laughs> we're in trouble yeah and he's more too like they were all they were scared I think yeah. they were legitimately like, holy shit, stop, man. It like, and that element of, and when he gets, when he puts his knee on, on his he throat, throat and he yeah. is the level, like the shock of the announcement got sent, you know, obviously sent social media into a buzz, but it sort of almost overshadowed just how brilliant and how real and how like scary the, the promo was. He was fucking like, he, to me, you want to talk about great promos and yeah. great, like just everyone believe you can't not believe what he's saying. He, I, I was thinking, shit, this guy's going to start literally crying whilst cutting a promo. Whilst he's so emotional, he's shaking. It's like this guy is in it. He's fucking in it, and it's real to him. Damn it! And I'm your family, your fucking family. I'm gonna like, it means so much to you. I'm gonna fuck you off, like. And a perfect, it feels to me, it feels to me like we are setting up a G.O.D. Bullet Club thing. Um, I know people are thinking, oh, Jay's going to lose and be booted and head off. I feel like it's going to be Jay versus Tama is going to be like a Jay versus Tama and the boys, you know, that G.O.D. squad. Because it, at, importantly, at Wrestle Kingdom, they made a mention of that Tama Tonga's great skill is recruiting. That's his big thing. He's great at recruiting people. So the idea of god building its own thing um obviously we all assumed it was going to be hikaleo was going to be a project i'm pretty confident that um he may be heading uh out of japan um because something i also learned is hikaleo is like 32 yeah like hikaleo is like older than jay <laughs> so like it's the part where you're like oh okay um he's got to sort of make hay while the sun shines and if you if you use a bit of logic and think who Everyone thinks, oh, Jay's going to be signed. I mean, apparently some people out there are worried about Jay potentially leaving. Um, from all reports, he's signed for another two years. So if he's leaving, he's going to have to do something pretty miraculous to get out of a contract. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere, um, but he definitely wants you to think he is. Um, and so this this build of him going super vicious and I think expelling Hikaleo, like if you if he does that and he kicks Hikaleo out of, out of New Japan, then there's going to be retribution yeah. from Tama. Yeah. Like he's going to oh, yeah. have to and defend his brother way. and Tungaloa. Well, and not to mention too, like what sort of like a standard that sets, like Jay just basically exiled a guy from his own family. Yes. You know what Vicious. I mean? Like, like that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like the mad King. And I, I, I wasn't around for Jake the snake Roberts and the comparison to Jay and Jake get thrown around a fair bit. But I, th I think that's just because when Jake spoke softly and, you listen to what he was saying, what we saw last night from Jay, I mean, from Jay uh, was just an incredibly unhinged performance of a wrestler. And as you said before, when he had his knee on his throat and he's bringing up the family ties and everything and literally then says, I challenge you to a match. It's going to be a loser leaves Japan match. I mean, that's just fucking insane. All, all of it's insane. It's, it's all insane. Every part of that is fucking insane. Like you love your family. You love being here. I'm going to fuck your family. Yeah, fuck you. Away. You're going. Yeah. Yeah. 
as as heelish and nasty a thing you could possibly do is yeah. I'm going to take the you're not and also you're not going to get to get to reap the benefit of what I have created. Like that's the level of like fucking petty that we're talking about here. Yeah. Like not not to be petty, but I don't know, maybe I might have said something about yeah. if Jay loses, is he gonna go fucking crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You've been. This is. There were two options, Dave. There, and I think the the J turns face thing is becoming um, crusty is coming of New Japan Pro Wrestling, where it's like, yeah. I don't think you need to turn him face. I don't. I, I'm I'm coming around to your side there, Dave. I think you just make him the true, the one true heel, the one true heel, where he is so despondent about losing his dream of being the the ace that he adopts the broken ace mentality he accepts his position and he goes on a streak of vitriolic anger that is going at everyone who has wronged him basically um Mm. it is a level of like he feels like like his rationale for going after hikaleo is basically you betrayed me you gave mm. me a crisis of confidence. You put down into my mind, and that is the reason that I lost. Which is a the the longest p- string you can possibly like a bow. Yeah, yeah, it's a stretch. It's a massive stretch. It's a massive and stretch. And he knows that's all he can cling to, and that's that's the interesting part. I don't think that the J face thing happens until there's some yo on a bike moment. Yeah. Like there, there. I don't think it happens until he's not his solitary villain character thing doesn't end until someone comes in that he yeah. trusts he can trust. Someone has to save yeah. him. Gonna have to yeah. save him, or he has to save them. And he goes so far down the rabbit hole of this, uh, um, you know, his own his own exile from within everyone else that he goes so far down that rabbit hole and become vicious and dangerous that. He then sees the error of his ways when it's particularly with someone that he trusts. Uh, and that would be the only way I could see that him turning face would actually work properly is if he came to the rescue of someone or or even noticed came to the rescue of himself, which is something we all need to do in 2023. Uh, so that's maybe Jay just setting the tent for all of us, all mankind. Maybe that's Jay's whole thing. He's helping all mankind. <laughs> He's being the one that's doing it. And, he, and we have to learn through Jay. It is interesting though, isn't it? Because it is two years ago. This is a story I think they wanted to tell two years ago. Yeah. It feels like um, they come back coming back with Okada, with Jay. Yeah. With Bishop with fucking Bishamon even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah. feels like that was the story. Because two years ago, you're right, Dave. Two years ago, Jay loses to Ibushi, does the I mean, the otherworldly viral promo that started the whole Exact. We're in the exact position we were. Everyone was saying Jay's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Everyone was saying he's left. He's he's done. He's calling about retirement at that point. And he was then paired up against Ishii, who beats him, and he is exiled in a lot of respect. He goes away for a period of time, and did his strong stuff. And he was he didn't wrestle in that year's G1. He didn't wrestle in Wrestle Kingdom. He was away, and it feels like they're like. They couldn't capitalize on it the way they wanted to do that in a two-year arc because the very things kept happening. Yeah. Pandemic kept made it made it impossible. So they said, All right, take two. We're going again. Only this time, he's had the experience of that previous time. So instead of saying, I'm going to retire or I'm going to do this sort of stuff, he's going to have the break. 
everyone expects the break to be the result of him being banished. Now, one, you could do it. You could do that and you could exile him and he could wrestle in a bunch of different places for a period of time to return. Um, like he's a heel. Stipulations mean diddly squat. Um, he can be gone and exiled and then eventually find his way back. You could do that. I don't think they're going to. I think they're instead going to have him be, as you said, Red, the idea of he's going to be hard to be around because he's going to be, the Bullet Club are not going to be around, want to be around a person that you can't really trust because he's just so erratic and he won't have friends. He won't have anybody. He'll, he'll isolate himself out of what he's doing. That makes a lot of sense. Very similar to what Okada did. Like the Balloon Okada was like, no one wanted to hang out for Balloon Okada. No one knew what the fuck he was doing. I was just going to say, I really hope that Jay's snapping point is if like like Okada's balloons as Jay comes out with a floppy hat. He's wearing like sandals. He's got like, you know, like a singlet, like a wife beater on. He's got like, he keeps bringing out like an, a chili bin. And like, he just completely, he just completely adopts like a, a New Zealand bumpkin character. Yeah, full Kiwi. Um, I do... I do think there'll be something where, as I said, I think him him leaning into the viciousness is the way to go. I think that it will parallel nicely with Osprey taking the sort of the mantle and taking the light and getting the light in terms of his. But he'll be the focus, and that'll be like everyone be watching Osprey in the in the foreground whilst Jay is doing the stuff in the background. I think that is the way to go because I think ultimately the the long term mark, as you said, with Naito or with Okada is that that time away from the main event scene is really important to reestablish them ready for when people, the crowd are willing and wanting to see him get to that point again. And however he gets to that point, who it's against, as I said, I feel like it's going to be Will Ospreay. It makes the most sense in that respect is that Ospreay is the one to take down Okada. Mm. And it's a, it's a fresh matchup. You know, it's, it's like people saying, what's the next, what's going to be fresh for Jay? What's the thing? That's it. And you cannot, you cannot deny the potential history-making element of Osprey being the first, like Osprey's going to get all of the these kind of things. Like Jay's been given a lot, Osprey's going to be given some more in terms of being. I think Osprey will be the first since Lesnar to, to win, uh, to be a non-Japanese guy to win the Wrestle Kingdom main event, and then those two together make history as the the representation of New Japan in the modern era um, of where they have evolved as a as an international product. But those are the two rightful guys to be the main event. Um, as non-Japanese. I think that makes the most sense. Um, and as the idea of this generation that, you know, striking for the new generation is this generation's Okada and, o- and Omega in terms of their match layouts and logic. And I feel like because that's what they are, because that's what they mm. are, yeah, that they could do something tr- truly special. Like it's, that's the thing of where it could potentially go. And so I... I left Dash and I saw those things. So that and, I, and that was the exciting part for me was like that match and the way that they were so committed to telling that story. You know, regardless, they didn't. They didn't. They can do stuff, but they didn't try to do stuff. They tried to tell the story that they were committed to telling. Yeah, and they everyone got the Anoki send off, and everyone got the happy ending that makes sense to the domestic audience. But you cannot deny that the. Uh, that the the story coming out of it is, as you said, Dave, those two guys parallel, mirroring each other as the fucking Omega and Okada team together, you know, mm. which can you can only imagine how much that the blood is boiling as these happy Okada and Omega are like, yeah, we're on top. Yeah, yeah. look at us holding it's our belts. Yeah. yeah, super friends. How are we going? 
And these two are like fucking fucking they're just stewing in the back as they watch this. To me, that is a that is a beautiful little bit of thing. We're not looking back. That's the part I think is really interesting. Everyone's looking at that and getting these nostalgic feelings. And I understand that. And I get that that makes sense from a business standpoint, but it's like the future is staring you in the face and it is yelling in your face and it's and it's being loud and decorative. But because of the 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 air of nostalgia, people are missing what I feel is ultimately the story that was the the seeds were planted at that wrestle kingdom that we will see that them overcoming one another um because remember when when okada is proclaimed the ace you know at wrestle kingdom he, he sort of gets that ace title it's not because he beats you know necessarily he beats uh tanahashi like mm-hmm. it, that's not the part of that it's required he doesn't have to he doesn't have to conquer tanahashi in that context to be seen as the ace he just has to offend to the position you know, like that's the, so it's not that Jay has to conquer Okada. He's done that. He just has to ascend to the position. Um, and I feel like that's ultimately where he would go. And if you listen to Charlton's commentary in that, he he was fucking hammering that home. Like mm. it was a consistent beat of like, it changes you. It changes you as a man to be in these positions. It changes, it changed Okada. It will change Jay. It's like, yeah, I think well- it did. Don't don't forget there is a um, an ancient uh, Japanese saying which is whether it's a switchblade or a hidden blade, a blade is at its sharpest after it's been blunted. Oh, look at there you go, Red. Look at that. Oh, Red. Jesus, Red. That's yep. me done. All right. Speaking of, speak of insight, Red, uh, it's like twenty twenty three. Holy fuck. Welcome to the new year, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> new year, new me. But it's true. It is true. Both of these blades yeah, yeah. have been blunted. Mm. And yeah. now they sharpen. And how they do that, I think they'll do it very differently because that's mm. what they that's who they are. Like Osprey as Omega and Jay as Okada. And Osprey will get all the as you said, Dave, all it's all it's the same shit that will it's gonna be great to watch in real time because the same shit that pissed Dave off back in the day where Omega gets all the plaudits, meanwhile Okada's doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> It's, it's going to happen again. It's going to, that's where we're going to head. As Osprey is getting all the love and praise, meanwhile Jay's doing all of the intricate stuff. Um, I feel like that's and I, and that's to me. Maybe it's hopium. Maybe I'm clutching at straws. But that is to me. That's the great story that that needs to play out. And and Gatto books years in advance. To me, this was the foundation of that. I, I mentioned it before. It's very predictable. You know, wrestling was incredibly predictable, mm. but it had to be because it needed to be the start of this thing, and they had yeah. to get all the pieces ready to line them up yeah. to go to where people aren't necessarily seeing. And that's the classic New Japan way: the, the flashy trinkets in front of you, but the real story is being laid uh, beneath it. And I think that that's where that's where we head. So yeah, those main events. As I said, I said we switched, and remember you said Dave. You know, Wrestle Kingdom will say, ah, no, we know, we know what's going. And then it says, fuck that. It's mm. like, yeah, they're not switching the main event. They are they are switching it. The, the partners are switching up. And I wouldn't be surprised if Okada and Omega wrestle in some point. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to that. But the long-term play is, is Osprey J. And yeah. I'm convinced of it. And um, I don't know what the dynamic will be when we get there. But if it's anything like Omega and Okada, it doesn't matter who's heel or face. That's not, that's not what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. characters. Heel or face means... Heel or face doesn't really mean anything if you really think about it. Like it's just what are the characters and what position did they take in relation to the other person? Because that's really what it is. 
Well, they can switch it up. May may we all get uh, covered in some sweet J spray. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, uh, another highlight. I just want to make mention of the. I really, really liked uh, the tag team title match. Both mm. of them actually, but I really liked um, FTR and Bishamon. I thought that was great. Mm. And wasn't it great? Yoshi for me nearly stole the fucking Wrestle Kingdom. He was thought. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that boy was. He went off. And uh, Red, you picked it, man. Well done. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a great match. And didn't the crowd like it? Oh, didn't the crowd yeah, fucking yeah, love yeah, it? They were, they were, that was when the, the crowd participation really sort of started going to another yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. And and, I, and it wasn't until I saw him in the ring when it was Goto and Dax, I was like, oh, these two these two are great together. Like, this is a yeah. perfect dynamic. And fucking Yoshihashi doing that suplex spot over the top rope like a fucking <laughs> mass. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Pete Yoshihashi nearly killed himself. Yeah, oh, that, I thought he would. I thought he was fucking done there for a moment. He, he sandbagged himself <laughs> off the apron. It was a great callback to that time that he nearly him, him and Evil did the powerbomb spot in the G one where he oh, yeah. off the powerbomb went over the top rope. Yeah. Oh, Yoshihashi never fucking changed, mate. Um, uh, I would have, I would have loved to have seen Yoshihashi girl. I would have loved to have seen her. They just caught her in the crowd. He promised to do his best, and he fucking did. And that's the thing, yeah. Dave. We've talked about it before. The stru- the frustrating part for Bishaman has always been, like, what's the story of them? Where are they going? But in in front of us all, Yoshihashi has really ascended to becoming like he's not the little engine that couldn't anymore. He's a he's a grown man. He will fight, yeah. and he he's the hot tag. He's a great hot tag. Like he's, he's great. Rat hot he's great. He comes in, he just fucking fires up and goes. And Goto takes the, you know, the, the bruises now and he sort of takes all of the heat. Yeah. And then Yoshihashi comes in with his awesome thrust kicks. They're fucking yeah. great. They are. Just, oh, he was punting fucking Dax and fucking <laughs> all over the joint. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I like that. You know how you used to have that hesitation and that you could really tell like the sort of whether it was just by design or not, but the like the lack of confidence or yes, if he fired up, he didn't quite, he, it was almost like you could tell that he didn't quite believe that he was firing up. There's none of that anymore. It's like Yoshihashi is all fucking fire and I'm here for it. Finally, it fucking happened. Yeah. And uh, they, they won at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's great. And uh, I hope FTR stick around. don't know how that's going to play out, but. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, there was lots of highlights for that. Uh, I love, I love the TV title match too. I thought that was a perfect mm. way to do that match, and then the ending was oh, awesome. Yeah, 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 two, two fucking like Zach joins TMDK, and then there's a new faction fucking out of it, or an old yeah. new faction out of it. Yeah, so yeah, it was great. And then what we followed up the next day with them getting uh, their young boy in Fujita. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was amazing. I mean. At this point, I think you know borderline the TMDK whispers on this program. Like that was it was like holy shit! They literally did exactly in two nights. They did exactly what we said that they should do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Zach, um, Zach getting team, joining with TMDK and then adopting the young boy. Yeah. And it's not something that isn't uncommon. It has happened before. I know they said it hasn't happened very often. It, it has happened. I mean, there's been infamous ones where it didn't work. Cody Hall in, in Bullet Club, but. Um, if you go all the way back, 
Goto was a young boy when he went in, joined the, I think it was Liger's faction or whatever at the time. So it has happened in the past with, I think, young boys they probably deem as kind of special. Um, yeah. And it's a perfect dynamic. But, you know, and we talked about it a while ago when you were sort of mentioning that New Japan, you mm. know, that it's a focus to go young and to, off the back of the success of um, the Mox shooter pairing and how much that has elevated shooter yeah um and we saw that in uh forbidden door etc and you know them having a distinct focus on youth that they were gonna they were gonna sort of speed up that process and and this crop of young boys are you know advanced very quickly so i i'm all for it i think i think it'll be great fujita he was kind of like didn't know whether to smile or, or what to do he was kind of like, he seemed shocked. I wonder if he knew about it. <laughs> Put on his shirt, son. It would have been cool if they did. And then, you know, and classic Zach, you know, one-liners at the end. I've got, after 18 years, I've got my own fucking young boy. <laughs> yeah, that was, take that, John Moxley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just, but that was the perfect dynamic for Fujita because he, he looked shocked, but he was like, he was there for it. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I've and been then, waiting for you to ask. Oiwa. And Oiwa, yeah, Oiwa were like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? What um, it was, yeah, it was like, I helped you too. <laughs> like, I was yeah. part of that. Um, but again, th- that dynamic has worked and they flagged it. It's been hinted at since G1. That's the thing. Like, these story beats were there. So it's a part of you that you get that bit of confidence in regards to the New Japan storytelling is like, that seemed like a ridiculous thing to happen. Like, it's a ridiculous thing to happen in New Japan that a guy as i said goto and cte we're going way we're going way back for anything like that and it wasn't even like this the fact that it happened and the fact that it's been signaled suggests to me that other signals may be on the way too the things that we have also seen that feel different and they even though they seem irrational or weird or like that would be a bit of a stretch maybe is there any bigger stretch than a fucking new tmdk led by zach saber jr will adopt a young boy just like what like the very next night. You yeah. told us that three months ago. Like, what? Like, TMDK will be run by Zach and they will have Vegeta. And that unit, like, that is a fucking killer unit. They look yeah. great. We have, like, a new thing to watch with Vegeta too. Like, we get to now watch Zach get his octopus tentacles on him and we get to start seeing how is that going to affect Vegeta's... Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if he starts busting out with, like, you know, keychain lock submissions and and doing that. Like he's already a great wrestler right now. Like the yeah. dude can fucking go. But if we start seeing him tie in some octopus stretches and then then change position and move towards the wrist and then start focusing on the wrist and then going straight down to the ankles, you, you know what I mean? Like if we start yeah. seeing that sort of chain grappling, that's going to be the coolest thing to see in the world because that means that Zach's really taking him under his wing. And, and so that's yeah. what I'll be watching for the most. I'll be keen to see if he gets some um, like some kind of TMDK flair on his on his Dax or he just stays with the young boy Dax. That'd be interesting, right? It'd be like he he becomes a full member but then still does has young boy duty. (laughs) I think you I think he yeah that's the thing like what is it gonna be? I have no idea what it's gonna look like because he's still a young boy. The beautiful thing is they get their pin eater in a perfect situation without hurting the faction. Like if you got a young boy in your faction, just pin eater every day of the week and it's not gonna hurt anybody. Like it's kind of it's kind of a perfect match. And then, as you said, Red, like the opportunity for him to craft him. Mm. And that was a big, I mean, that was my sort of, if we're looking at highlights, that was sort of off the back of Dash was those highlights in those matches were seeing 
those those aspects you know again Narita and that yeah. that tv title match i love i love the finish of that i genuinely loved an armbar tap out instant i just mm. think that that needs to yeah. we need to incorporate that into pro wrestling more and more please and like because no one's no one is gutting out an armbar like, yeah. not, no not not a will execute no, no. <laughs> it's like no one's gonna like i'll just try to go to the ropes now you're if you're trying to go to the ropes your arm's going to be in inverted at that point um and so that that idea that we talked about of zach being able to craft the tv title in his image and he made that very clear that is what he's going to do it's going to be the purest pro wrestling title on the planet and if you want to like he he said like all that bollocks you know like talking about bladders and all that sort of shit like all that bollocks none of that um but him with what I loved about it was him with TMDK in that press conference, you know, as fucking Shane Thorne's down and three beers. They are cheeky and they are fun. And mm. it's like, this is going to be a fucking unit. They are going to steal hearts because they're the cheeky boys. They are, they're making jokes. They're cracking jokes constantly. They are having fun. Good, good chance they'll come to Tamashi shows. Right. We might get Zach at Tamashi defending that TV title, which would work perfectly for that style of show put that those matches on youtube not to mention when there is a a four-day festival in wagga wagga that's happening yeah yeah and uh and multiple shows in february as well so it's pretty clear that they're going to push that direction and zach lives in japan it's important point to make is that he is he's close to australia so him as the leader of that faction uh and turning up and wrestling and probably doing australian independent dates as well is something that i think is very possible he is clearly clearly after the back of dash clearly off the back of wrestle kingdom is a focused player him and tai chi uh despi uh i think are these three guys they wanted to get out of suzuki gun so that they could elevate all of them as their own particular guys you know like off you mm-hmm. go in your own directions um and zach as tandy k later that yeah that that was a great moment and we saw it coming and it was predictable but you know, it was the type of predictable that I'm happy to see eventually. Oh yeah, I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, it was again some great some great highlights there. The second Zach rocked up with his bleached blonde hair, like it was like something's up, something's happening here. This guy's getting a faction. It's it's going to be with TMDK, and they're going to get Fujita to be the young boy. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I thought the second I saw it. You know, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Taichi's scrapping the blonde. Yeah. He's oh, definitely thanks. scrapped with a couple of blondes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's about to. Um, okay, so disappointments out of Wrestle Kingdom. Why is every single belt better than the World Heavyweight Championship belt? That's a flat-out lie. <laughs> that's a flat-out lie. Come on why now. is every single belt, the new ones they introduced, the TV title, the King of Pro Wrestling, why, why are they better than the World Heavyweight, the IWGP one? That's so annoying. Like, just get rid of it. I'm. I must admit, I think that that IWGP belt gets growing on me. Oh, I'm joking. Yeah. Look, I am joking. I'm not cheating. Keep wrestling. It's, it's a popular yeah. thing to Velcro. shit on. I, you know, I'm just saying. I just, I like. Other belts. They need to be worn in the new belts. Don't they? What? Don't yeah. they? What? It's hilarious <laughs> watching Mikey Nichols try to put the belt on Zach and struggle big time. Couldn't get it yeah. on. Um, I just, I said it there. I said it. Um. That's- 
yeah, I, I, I like the champion, the world belt. It's just, it's taken me a little while, but uh, it's grown on me in a big way. It's, I think the hard transition part is that that, that oh. old belt was just so loved. It's so good. And it was like, yeah. no one wanted to see it change. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's that. It's got a lot to live up to. But I, I, I like I like the new belt. I like the blue belt. I, yeah. I like that it's not a trophy anymore. That it's a thing. So do you think it's interesting? And this is a point I was sort of thinking. You know, Bushi Road. I think Bushi Road is leading this direction in terms of it's coming from the the top down, because it makes it simplifies their sort of positioning of how they market. I would say, mm. but it feels very stardom influenced because they're all coloured. Every mm. new belt sort of coming in has got like there's the red belt, which is the US belt, the blue KOPW, the sort of the brown of and the rust. Right, like granted, people will critique belts and belt design, but it's like they're clearly distinct and identifiable. Like you yeah, know exactly I, I, what I they are, yeah, and you know what they are from a fucking distance. So, like to me, that's a really a, a cool movement they've made, and it will make the world belt be the most distinct because it's mm. going to be, it's going to look. I mean, maybe that's their long plays, <laughs> make every belt look less than the world belt, and that's the long, that's the long term movement. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I would be interested to see if they'll update the other belts that still have old, like those older designs, like the Nevers and Never, uh, the Junior. Even even the US belt looks like a different generation compared to it does. The new stuff but it's it out. to me, it feels like the one that blends the two generations. It's got the nice yeah. red strap. It's got the old school design, but it's got color and elements into it. And I, I I'll be interested to see where they go with it. But I do think um, the shift of the IC and world into that and for everyone that was out there critiquing and criticizing the loss of the IC belt and talking about it, it's like, I get it, the legacy gone. Uh, what, you know, I get that. I get it. But the US belt is the IC belt yeah, now. That's the so, new like, one. at what point are we like, it literally served the exact same function to the point we had the exact same criticism happening this year that we did years ago with the two titles up top. Like, hmm. Will Ospreay has done a tremendous job of elevating that belt. And now Kenny Omega holds it. Like, yeah. It's pretty clear that it's the number one, ironically, the number one second tier belt in all of pro wrestling, right? Like that's well, where it's gotten to. So, oh, yeah, I want to add that one to my collection. Um, um, wasn't there wasn't there a trios belt? Sorry, there's a, there a trios belt. Who the yeah. hell's holding it? House of Torture. Ah, yeah. that's why I don't know where it is. Okay. Yeah, I'd um, as far as belt updates, I'd like to see the junior tag belt get an update next. Yeah, they just look a bit. Tinny, I mean, if you ever needed like belts to look like Voltron, which is what the, the world heavyweight champion looks like, give the junior tag that the, the design of the IWGP championship, give that to the juniors, and then, what, and then give the design of the juniors, inflate it, and give see, it. To- I, I like the Voltron element, Red, because at the end of the day, it's a Japanese pro wrestling promotion. And that's yeah, it's yeah. the most Japanese looking pro top world title there is. It just looks so <laughs> yeah, Japanese. But- yeah, the, the, shit, the shit thing for me is it looks too much. And I heard people say this one. I'm sorry if I piss anyone off, but it looks too much like the Divas Championship because that's when I was watching the Fed and that's exactly what it reminds me of. Every single time I see it, it's the Divas Championship. The, the, the benefit of not watching the Fed. Yeah. I, I reckon it looks, it looks a bit like um, like uh, the Decepticons. Yeah. 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 And Cody Rhodes that too. Built. Don't talk yet. Yeah, if they they did the, if they did the US belt like that, we could uh, we could get the Cody tattoo as the belt. 
I mean, I, I can go if you want a disappointing spot. I've got a disappointing... Well, that wasn't that... my disappointment. I have a disappointment. I thought your disappointment was the belt. No, that, no I was just saying. I just don't... Okay, I... just wanted to get your shit in. Okay, what's yeah, your disappointment, Ren? No, disappointment. <laughs> my, my disappointment was Mercedes. I just, it's, I've been trying to think of like one thing that I wasn't impressed by and she fucked up her own move and I just felt like the promo she cut was a bit flat. That's it. I'm not saying it's not going to be a bad future relationship. I'm not, I'm not, so I'm not saying that. It was a bit flat because it was like the only part of the entire show where I was like, that's a bit flat. Um, I'm interested in that because that is a criticism that is the most common like, that, that's happening. A lot of people are talking about yeah. that. Um, Kyrie fucked the move up, by the way. Oh, it was yeah. Kyrie. She, she didn't know how yeah. to take the move. She didn't know how to take uh, it. She went to her knees instead of her feet. And I understand the criticism. I'm seeing a lot of the criticism about people saying the, de- the debut fell flat. The crowd didn't know. As we talked about before, New Japan debuts and reveals up like this is par for the yeah, course. Part of it is that they're a bit clunky. They always are. However, yeah. if anyone's trying to tell me that she didn't look like a star, he didn't look like a star. Yeah, I don't know what they're watching because I thought her outfit was amazing. The entrance was insane, uh, and maybe she fumbled a her way through i don't know it sounded like she almost had like a bit of a cold or something it sounded like she had it did it sounded like she was a bit and we got to put into perspective it's like coming out the first time outside of the system and i saw her on instagram sort of say i don't know what i'm going to say you know like yeah i saw that as well yeah and it's like knowing that she's bringing a lot of eyes it'd be a lot of pressure huge amount of pressure but i do feel like playing into the heel is a is a good way to go yeah. Playing the I'm the superstar kind of thing is a good way to go. It, it, when you think about it, it is a new position for her because when she was in the WWE, she was considered like like the, the best, right? Yeah. But but she wasn't positioned as the best. No, you're right. It was always like Flair or even Rousey or whoever. It's like she was never kind of considered the you know the, the ace of the division, really. Yeah. Uh, in in the eyes of the company despite the fan interest yeah despite the fan love and you know everyone thinking as a wrestler she was she was certainly certainly up there in the conversation as being yeah, the best I, that I they think, had yeah. I think so, yeah. um and you know character wise and all that sort of stuff you know, the most interesting and and then to come to new japan where she's going to be positioned as 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 the superstar the mega like that the ceo the megastar coming across the the, the boss yeah uh, yeah, that's that. That's a lot. And then you know, to off a big break, a lot of speculation about what she was doing, um, it, coming off uh, movies, not wrestling, uh, or sorry, TV show or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. there's it, different things going on in her life, um, and clearly has found like a, a, a or reignited the love of wrestling like he's doing yeah. a lot of work in japan uh working in like training in mexico and stuff wasn't she and working yeah. with um, marifuji marifuji and so uh, wanting to make a good impression and wanting to and wanting to do well out of it and she she the outfit was amazing the, the look i thought man. it was i thought it was she looked like a star and this is the thing i'll say about the match obviously I thought they did a great job also of making Kyrie look like a star. Because when you think of the yeah. great entrances and the great, like that was my first goosebumps moment of Wrestle Kingdom where when she's coming out and like that, that 
the instrumental, the orchestral of her with the pirate stuff, I'm like, holy fuck! She just it just just feels epic and grandiose. You know, this mm. this massive entry of the Grim Reapers. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is this is Wrestle Kingdom, baby. Like, it felt like it was a big thing. Like, it was almost like the match was sort of secondary. Of like, it was just we want to establish Kyrie as this very big star that we have, yeah. and then we're going to trump that stardom at the end of it again. So at the end of it, where you have these two characters that are going to be battling one another, we've established that they are stars. If the job was to get them over as stars, to me, they did an excellent job of that. And I think the the position of Mercedes, like I know people were talking about, oh, the pop or people listing and talk. They were like, I think there's an expectation, I think, of Japanese crowds of like how they're going to react to someone from a the level of interest and engagement. Like one. She's cutting a promo, so they're going to listen. That's the thing. Like, yeah, they're yeah. going to go quiet to listen to her. Um, you cannot deny they are watching the screen. They are watching the screen, and then the bit where her face is revealed, they go nuts. Yeah, like it happens. Like they just go nuts. It's it's a and they the New Japan is holding to it, and it's like that's your, that's your litmus test because in theory, there has been no pre has been no pre vignettes. There's been nothing. There's been nothing. There's been nothing to prop to prep anybody in that crowd in regards to her turning up from an official channel perspective there's been no hints of that nothing it's all been through western interest speculation on online speculation so that's the that's the litmus test that's the one moment where will this does she need to do more to get over in this spot like when fdr first turned up it wasn't as very it wasn't a big engagement because they had to get themselves over and now looking back now that they've they did that and then that Wrestle Kingdom, they already people knew who they were and they were invested in them. They understood who these guys were. She got it through out of the gate. So I was like, okay, she's a, okay, she's a star. She's getting fucking she's in the newspapers and all that sort of shit. I loved what she was doing when she was showing her newspaper article of her on the back page. She covered up the WWE every time. Every time they had the thing, she just covered it up on all the different photos. I was like, <laughs> I like I like that. Um, she even recovered up with New Japan. She put the New Japan socials over the top of it. Um, but it's like she's on the roster page of New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is a monumental moment in New Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling history that they said, we're rolling out the red carpet and this is our, this is our, I, and she's like, I am the CEO of the New Japan women's division. Like, it's like that's a title she used. Like, I'm here for New Japan and stardom. I'll be over in stardom, but it's like New Japan's women division. That's mine. I'm the I'm the boss of that. I'm the CEO. To me, that's the that's the takeaway. And no one's going to remember. Like the video has been seen over a million times. <laughs> like mm. no one's going to remember anything from the promo or anything. It's just like, holy shit, look at her. And mm. like she comes off like a million bucks. And they have already basically sold out the San Jose show off the back of her announcement. That's she's paid for herself. Like clearly, clearly is a draw. She's a draw. She's a draw. And like, that's probably going to be the main event. That San Jose show is also, you know, not slight spoiler for strong. If anyone's listening to this, but from what it appears that that's going to be Jay versus Eddie, they've sort of gone back and forward on Twitter about that. Um, which again would suit the Jay descent. The Mad King versus the Mad King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would suit the descent though, because Eddie is such a beloved babyface yeah. that Jay just ripping through him would be a very strong uh, affirmation of that. 
Yeah, and and two, he could physically rip through him as well. Like Eddie will love it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll bleed for you, Jay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Here's my body. Take it. Yeah. But just think of that. Like that show, which is you know a month and a bit away, could have this. That will clearly be the biggest New Japan in America shows in the strong era. That women's match needs to headline. Yes, it yeah. needs to be the headline. And to me, the fact that it has been the its first match announced. The fact that they've got a promo out there of Mercedes saying buy this on fight, do this sort of like they've made it a pay per view. They they know what they're doing with this, and they're trying to market it as they're a separate brand, a completely separate brand. But it's a it's a New Japan of America. We're going. I think they've said, all right, the pandemic. Now it's time to go. Let's do it. And they've decided that Mercedes is going to be a front and center person for that. I mean, that to me is such a progressive step from New Japan that it's it mm. needs to be sort of acknowledged of like, holy shit. Um, and it's the thing of, I know, I know we'll, we will see. We're also going to see because Meltzer's come out and said he's not sure whether Mercedes is going to sign for AEW. Uh, Fightful have come out and said that they are 100% sure she will. So someone's going to be wrong. I'm going to find out that, that out this week. Yeah. Um, but it's if she's not, I think it's it's enough that she has made an impact here in in New Japan Pro Wrestling and with Stardom. I think she can build a even if it's only for a year or eighteen months or whatever she's doing, it could be a legacy defining thing where she could be the sort of history maker. Yeah, and it'll all depend on uh, her experience. If it's anything, you know, like look what Jericho's experience that was meant to be a one off, yeah. and he ended up doing other stuff and then really being pivotal in the AEW thing. So, uh, you know, and the success of All In and, you know, who knows where to from her. I would prefer she sort of just stuck with New Japan just for a period. Yeah. And then if she decides to do AEW and whatever, then at some point. Like but Mox. Yeah. I, uh, I think it will have more impact if she's – if she is um, a showcase, not a – regular on tv yep. thing yep you gotta pay to see it basically yeah a, a special event be a yep. special what? event uh, you know that draws i would love to see mercedes in stardom's tournament um thing they have as well i, I think that would be a huge draw yeah, um, i don't i said i don't know whether you want to put her in a tournament setting though red i think i think her deal is oh, like, like yeah but i think for her it's like she is the main event you know um I know that the story is the April show, the sort of the dream slam. They're doing this big stardom show in April at the Yokohama Arena, which holds 18,000 people. Um, that's supposed to be the the big thing. I think it's pretty – I think she wins that belt. I think that's going to be – you know, I think she's going to beat Kyrie for that belt. And then it's – as the champion, it's ultimately, as you said, where the tournament, she, she can – as champ, she can avoid tournaments if she needs to, and they can be fighting for the right to wrestle her. And then the great story is who ultimately is the person that she's going to put over to be mm, the person. Yeah. And that's and that's going to be so telling. And let's not kid ourselves. Interest in stardom is going to go through the fucking roof. They mm. better mm. get prepared and they better build the infrastructure for stardom because like New yeah. Japan's interest, and I you can you can credit New Japan credited a lot of it to Mercedes. Yeah. It's people yeah. care about yeah. her. You need to get that ease of access to stardom for yeah, English commentary. Years. You need you need to yeah. get it up to where yeah. New Japan is because she is like, look. Granted, I think she is a New Japan wrestler. She's on New Japan um, roster page. She's a New Japan but, pro wrestler. Never has there been a 
like a more reason no than now so do it so do it now in pre yeah. preparation for her bringing new eyes to that brand and then who knows like she might be like yeah fuck i love it here yeah i'm sticking around get um get um like, like fuck how much money we got start, stardom really needs like their their own version like they need like a, a helen kelly or a sarah charlton <laughs> We got Helen Keller for a second. <laughs> I said it. I was. Uh, yeah, I realized that I said it too. Uh, yeah. I think Charlton. I think Charlton will go across. I think that's uh, just get just just get Wacker back on. Just get her. Yeah. On. Just get Wacker back on. Charlton and Wacker doing commentary. I'm all for that. Get Wacker back. Yeah. Love it. Um, but yeah, as I said, Red, I think a lot of people were disappointed with that presentation in terms of the promo and the botch. But but to me, that's there. That's like that's like picking at things that ultimately are going to be insignificant in the long yeah. run. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know. Yeah. Would it be great if you came out and cut an amazing promo and hit an amazing move? And it wasn't that part like, yes, but to me, it's like that music plays and that, that presentation happens. Everyone's fucking bopping and everyone's like, yes, let's go. Like it achieves its ultimate goal. I think. She does look nervous. And that's the only thing that I could draw on that, you know, look, look, was it, was it not that it was a disappointment, but, I have to try and think of something for this particular. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that was my sort of critique as my well. My disappointment was probably um, the the length of some matches. Yeah, was the, the pacing for me, pacing. Mm -hmm. um, there was, yeah. I I thought the Carl Anderson Tama match went too long, oh, and I thought the women's match didn't go long enough. I know that there's a, as a whole segment, it got ten minutes, and most of the other matches that were sort of in that uh, low mid card. Yeah, they section, all got roughly the same time. Yeah, they roughly got the same time, but I just felt like that 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 it ended a bit quick. Um, mm. I understand why. Um, I just would have liked to, and you know, since you. told me that it's part of like Tam's thing, but um I, you know i was just starting to get into that match and i would have liked to have seen just a little bit more there i would like to have seen they maximized their minutes though they did maximize they had six oh, yeah, minutes yeah. they fucking put everything into those six minutes but yeah i'm yeah. with you um yeah uh, uh disappointment i mean that the, i didn't even watch the time match. <laughs> i'll be, yeah. be honest so. well the the scary part about it it was it was good Unfortunately, Carl Anderson somehow doesn't know how to take his own finish, and that was. Oh well, I, I tell like I watched the first two minutes, and then I was like, "That's enough." Yeah. And I realized that yeah, he's already done more than he did in the Hilaire yeah. match. So. Oh yeah, he he certainly tried a lot harder. And as I said, a lot of people are saying Carl Anderson got ten minutes, and, I, and maybe I'm just trying to be the nice guy. But I'm like, I, I look at it as Tama Tonga got ten minutes, you know, like, and I think Tama Tonga deserves the time. Unfortunately, he's in there with a guy who we all know is, you know, oh, the yeah. most... it's a shit spot for him. Like, yeah, and he and he yeah. did a great job. The crowd was with him. He is, he is so set up to be the sympathetic baby face. He's so he is so primed. He's he's heated up, ready for some fucking vicious cunt to come along. You know, he is just <laughs> so ready for it. Um, it's sort of a combination of what both of you are sort of saying is, I would have liked the match pacing i would love to get more time but i'm mindful of this is the sacrifice you have for one night wrestle kingdom is ultimately it's not going to be 25 minute bangers constantly because that's not you you need to save for the ending of this stuff you need to build the show and they did that and ultimately 
that's the position that Wrestle Kingdom is in this year. And maybe in the, in the future, we'll go back to the two nights when New Japan can get to that position where it's hot enough to be able to do that. And it, and it justifies and there's a reason for it. And then you can have these sort of multiple level main events across the, the course of the show. But I thought the pacing was what it was for a purpose. I just think, as I'm with you, Dave, I think the placement on the card and the elevation of the women's division is something that I hope that they'll be committed to, but I'm not a stopwatch person. I'm like, they didn't give it 12 minutes, therefore they don't care about it. They clearly care about the fucking division because they invested more money in the entrances in that in those, in those that match than they did basically everything bar the main events, you know, like, mm. so they clearly care about it, um, but they need to showcase. And to some extent, you know, if you want to see the best women's wrestling, stardom is the place to see it it's that still remains the case <laughs> so like, yeah it's not necessarily yeah. the worst thing in the sense that they didn't give you everything because like my big criticism aw often is people go to watch the stuff there and they don't follow it across because they get their fill i think most people be like that was fucking great that that fucking steiner screwdriver thing that tam does holy shit i want to see more of that um please um so hopefully it will drive interest to people wanting to find stardom but they need to make that easier, you know. I shared a clip of that match on my stories on Instagram. So if that doesn't give them the bump, I don't know what will. <laughs> that we works different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. Um, okay. So with that said, um, I've got some questions. Would you like to to go to the questions? Go to the questions because we've we've already sort of covered the stories that have really grabbed us. Okay. So what are the stories that have grabbed the listeners? Yeah. We've probably answered this. Miss Doom in the Discord asked us a question, not so much a question, but she said, could you guys just chat about how fantastic Fujita and ZSJ joining TMDK is? Please, no question. Just want to revel in the glorious potential of it all. Um, we are right there with Miss Doom in terms of our excitement uh, for Vegeta. We've already fucking jumped headfirst into that. Um, yeah, how good? How good? Vegeta, yes. I mean, like that, he's going to be great. And as I said before, it's going to be awesome to watch his development grow. Like, and to see Zach get his his mitts on him. And you know, if we start seeing Vegeta, you know, do some more submission stuff. Look, it's everyone wants to see Zach get his mitts on him, but uh, you know, Big Teats is going to get his claws into him too. You know, and he and we can if we can have Vegeta coming out with some Teats inspired offense, some Teats inspired gear. Good God, the world is not prepared. No one's ready for that, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun partnership. It's going to be fun. The stuff that we loved about Shooter and Mox, we're going to get with ZSJ um, and Fujita for sure. Fuja titties. Ooh. Yeah, Fujits. Hey, big Fujits. Fujits. Big Fujits. Yeah. Pet dude, Fujits. <laughs> they're, the, they're the tag team we want to see. Big Fujits, baby. Um. We had two questions, one from Twitter and one from the Discord. From Twitter, it's the doctor makes another house call, Dr. Gary P. Mariner at Dr. Gary Mariner on Twitter. He asks, where do you see Kenny's story going? There was absolutely nothing Bullet Club in his presentation. It looks like Cobb is next. Will we see Kenny J or has that time passed? In addition, Gamer on the Discord has asked, do you guys think Kenny will defend his US belt on Dynamite like Mox did? Or will it be defended just on shows that New Japan do in the US like Strong? So both are asking the question that a lot of people are interested in in the broader general um, New Japan and broader pro wrestling fan base. Where is the story of Kenny as US champ headed? It's a hard one. I mean, I mean personally, I'd like to see just as much Kenny in New Japan as possible. I 
like to see him take that title and defend it all over the world. Personally, like go to AEW and I don't really care about seeing that title defended in AEW now I think about it because if they do it in AEW, is that going to be the Kenny of AEW? Which I don't want to see that. I want to see New Japan Kenny. Like, <laughs> I just, I yeah, I just want to see more Kenny in New Japan and I want, you know, him just to sort of bring that title, take that title, defend that title against everyone, basically. I want to see him in there for as long as he can and, yeah, just keep defending that title and then, and then see what happens next for Kenny. I mean, you said it before, he could bump into Okada again, so... You know, it's... Well, it's interesting, Red, you mentioned about the AEW thing. Now, I think it's already been flagged that Jeff Cobb and him will probably wrestle in AEW. That's kind of been hinted at. That's where that will, will take place. Um, Obviously, Cobb has wrestled in AEW before. He's wrestled at Forbidden Door, so he's a known commodity. And then Kenny also mentioned that this, in, a, in an interview with Tokyo Sports, that it's going to transcend nationality. It's going to transcend um, borders, essentially. That idea is going to wrestle everyone. But I like the idea, and this is... I think it's an inevitability he's going to have to wrestle on AEW. That's what's going to happen. But what I do like is the idea of picking and tailoring opponents for styles of matches. So, like, if we're going to wrestle on AEW, what type of wrestler should I be wrestling in a TV match setting, right? Jeff Cobb makes sense to me because it's a shorter form match. You can go faster and he's a bigger guy, so you can get a lot of shit in and not go too long. You can do that. That could fit Cobb. He, he also flagged he wants to wrestle Shingo, Despi, and Hiromu were three names he mentioned that uh, that uh, Omega was interested in. And he said that he would wrestle those guys if he was interested in them in Japan. Now, interestingly, the way that Kenny framed it was he wants to wrestle people that he believes uh, have put in the work. That was how he framed it. Yeah, right. But Kenny's character, I think, is the savior of New Japan is kind of the the initial positioning, but it's more like the guy that wants to, like he wants to reward those who he deems have been committed to the same vision he has of raising New Japan's standing, right? Like that's his idea of like, they are committed to the same vision he has for growing New Japan, which is something that he's always held as a, as a, as a sort of a guide for him. That's sort of his story arc is that he wants to, return to be that guy that can can bring it out of the dark ages or whatever through his star power so a guy like shingo who deserves that a guy like despy who deserves that are people that he's bringing up specifically now would those guys have cachet shingo would but like despy in aw people would be interested but omega versus despy in japan would hit at a level that i think people would be like holy fuck yeah and hiromu as well exactly and the idea that he's talking about divisionless and he's saying, well, I'm going to chat like the US belt could become something of a bit of an open weight belt, but it could become something more of a belt that is just like the world is watching kind of thing. Like that idea of the belt that elevates the people that wrestle for it, that kind of idea. The first step, what the IC belt was, what never ultimately wanted to be, could become that thing. Now that would be interesting. And I do think we see a lot of Kenny in Japan for big shows. I think that's ultimately what we're going to see. Is Kenny's going to be at a Dominion? Kenny's going to be at those events? Because I feel like we mentioned before, Dave, about Mercedes. Like, I like this. There is no doubt in my mind that Kenny prefers wrestling in Japan. Mm. Not, a, not, a, not a hint of doubt that he fucking loves it, that that is ultimately what he views as his dream. He talked about it in that interview that they did before the um, 
you know, before the match, he's like a 30 minute sit down or whatever. And he was saying, like, I wanted to prove that I could be as successful and dominant in American Western presentation. But it wasn't my, it wasn't his dream to be on American television and do that sort of stuff. He just wanted to prove the doubters and haters wrong that he could be. Yeah, that he could draw in the West. Yeah. That's all he wanted to prove. He's done that. So what's left to prove? It's like, I well, not only in my absence have I seen New Japan struggle in a shoot context because of the pandemic. And I feel like he feels that he has some weird responsibility to bring it back. And that's what he's going to try to do. And the argument and the positioning of, I want to wrestle the guys who have also had that same vision, that, that, that that's what they want to do. And together we can elevate it. It's the most pretentious Kenny thing possible, but it is 100% a Kenny Omega position to take. Yeah. Like, I will wrestle the guys that are carrying the company. That to me makes the most sense of the story that's coming out of it. So that's how I would see it happening. Yes, he would defend on AEW, but I found it incredibly curious that AEW did not promote him, nor did they mention that he had won that thing. Like, hopefully next week when he's fucking wrestling there and he's hopefully carrying the belt, they mentioned that he just put on an all-timer at the fucking Tokyo Dome. Um, Wait, they didn't I, mention it? No. Not one bit? Nope. How fucking petty is that? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, not a hit. So I'm like, what is that? I don't know. But it's, I mean, maybe, maybe you won't be wrestling for that title on AEW. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, let's let's be. He might wrestle. He might wrestle Cobb, but strong. I mean, at the end of the day, it could happen in the US. And the end of the day, you got to also remember that Kenny's contract's up. So it's contract season with Kenny too. So if you're Kenny, you've done a great job for your fucking bank account because someone's going to pay you because you've just proven something that. Everybody that was watching, like there's no doubt, everybody that was watching, Twitter was at a blaze, was saying, he just comes off like a star in Japan. There is something that is in Japan that makes him feel bigger than his AEW presentation. It's not a, they're not, so people are like, they're very, you know, people are very cordial, very nice, but AEW, but they're like, it's not a slide on AEW. It's, not a, it's just that presentation and him just make more sense. It just feels, and he's more comfortable in that setting. He understands yeah. the audience better. He un- it just he proved he could do it in the West. It's kind of like like it's not to make a film reference or anything, but like you know, how like great actors go off and do like the the superhero movies, right? To mm. prove that they could be a box office draw and that they can play a certain role, and then they get stuck for like ten years doing those things, and you can just see that they're not really invested in it. Like they'll go and do the Comic Con circuit, and they'll go and shake and wave hands, and but you can see them slowly break over a period mm. of time, where the point they resent fucking everything at some point. They resent themselves. They resent the fucking comic book genre. They resent everything. Um. And to which they just want to go off and make some random shit. Like, and we get deprived of great stuff. Like, how many Mark Ruffalo movies have been lost because the guy wants to be Hulk? You know, like, yeah. once they do that, it's like, it's like they can do it. Like, yes, Robert Downey Jr. can be a great Iron Man. He can be. But what are we losing? We're not getting Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Robert Downey Jr. We're never going to get that. You're getting Tropic Thunder too, Robert. Downey right? Jr. You're not getting that, <laughs> and and that's a and that's a loss because as a result, people are just interpreting that film by via memes and canceling him secondhand. <laughs> but like, the idea of that is the same kind of premise here. It's not that it's a it's not that we are diminishing necessarily that film and its box office and its cultural impact and all those. No, hundred percent, those things have their place. But does that person 
want to be doing that for the rest for the next 10 years? Probably not. But the money's good, the exposure's good, and they're engaged in something that is fun in the making of it. But is it as rewarding? And that's the question. And that's the question Kenny has to ask himself. Is it as rewarding? And you just got that look in his eye when he turned to the camera as he walks through his entrance and says, I'm back. I'm like, you are back, sir. And it's. I felt like it was like this thing of he just felt like this is where I belong um, in Japan. And whether he stays or what he does, I just feel like that that has that seal has been broken now and the presentation and most people that know Kenny Omega and AW and know him here have decided that he's better here and I don't want to sound like a you know a homer but everyone is better there <laughs> so like, <laughs> um, <laughs> just, because ultimately you're giving you know that's not necessarily true like you you have to be confident and know who you are but if you if you understand what position you want to play, you understand the character of who you are. Japan is a better position for you than than weekly television because you are not reliant on somebody to craft your narrative. You get to be that. And Mercedes struggled a little bit to start that, but she got to present herself. Like, there's no way that outfit's turned up on WWE television. The more, like, it was like holy shit. Like, she presented herself in a way that was very. Uh, I would say, like mature, like it was a very mature presentation of her character. And she will craft that and realize she can say more than bitch. (laughs) You know, if you got the money, which you clearly do, you can say whatever the fuck you want. And we saw that on Dash because good Lord, um, if I'm Tony Khan, that's why I think Tony Khan doesn't want to keep sending people because you send people, they get a taste of what's possible. And the thing is in AEW, all the guys that work Japan know what it's like. And they wanted to craft mm. that over there. And you can't really in the format. You just can't. Mm. So when guys get to go back and really experience it, it's like, wow, I could do this every week. Like, this is a thing I could do for tours. I could be this. This could be me. I just feel like with Kenny, this US title thing could be the most damning thing potentially because ultimately it would be, as you said, Red, we get to watch Kenny title defense on AW and people go, that was really good, really good, great match. And then they get to watch Kenny defended in Japan and go, holy shit, that was transformative. Yeah. That might be the best yeah. thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it will just be like, ah, oh, I thought that was the pinnacle. But the elite of the elite, and I saw a great tweet with people just saying, like, New Japan elite just hit different. They just do. Like, all elite wrestling, it's like, it's like, yeah, you got a few of them. <laughs> uh, whether he stays in AW or, or comes to New Japan will be very fascinating. I think that's... We'll see. We'll see how it's done. We'll see how they do this US title thing. Hopefully, I'm in the camp that I want him to hold it for a period of time to get the keep that awareness about New Japan product in people's front people's minds. Really, if that's all it is, then that's okay. But as long as people are aware that New Japan exists and that they've got those positive feelings off the back of Wrestle Kingdom, it's a good use of the belt, I think. Oh, I've got I've got another way to end the show. Okay. Uh, so if we're all getting into Noah, I've got an idea for a podcast, a Noah podcast. Uh, we can call it Two of Every Stiff. Oh, yes. With the Noah's Ark yeah. thing. Oh, yes. Very nice. Two stiffies. Yeah. Oh, if you want to watch that Nakamura match, did you watch it, Josh? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you watch it, Red? No, I've been 
keen to watch it. I've just been too scared to get the free trial in case the price kicks in and it just bankrupts me. Uh, I've I've got um, a subscription if you want to watch it, man. Oh sure, yeah. I'd love that. Wrestle Universe is good, man. It's cheaper than it's cheap, and you get a bunch of shit. So yeah, yeah they got um Toki uh, TJPW Toki Joshi Pro. They got DDT. Yeah, DDT. Yep. Right, but well, it's it's good. I mean, Noah Big Shows are almost always good at the top end, but the booking will fucking drive you insane. That is just the nature of it. Hey, aesthetic was cool, cool too like yeah they do some cool shit and it's different dave that's what i like about it it's different yeah. you know like it's japanese pro wrestling but it's different and both companies and you get to see like i'm i'm all for them crossing over because i don't think new japan like new japan just had a hundred thousand people buy the fucking pay-per-view they're not worried yeah, necessarily about, about now no, they're yeah. not but let, let guys move like let kojima go there and do his stuff and they are and they're letting nagata yeah. and suzuki started his own faction in all japan like they're just letting these guys go off and do the stuff this is great for new japan for japanese pro wrestling because it's yeah new japan is actually taking its position and bringing eyes like i i get the feeling like i get the sense that okada is going to wrestle mudo for the final like mudo's final match is going to be okada at the dome because mudo's getting a match in february at the dome I get yeah. the feeling it's going to be Okada. And that will be the only... Because if they don't, then that won't... Like, Nakamura brought the eyes. 10,000 people yeah. at Budokan is massive, but Nakamura brought the eyes. And then you have Kenta there and Kojima there. Yeah. They bring they bring the eyes. This Congo thing will bring... People will... Like, fans will go, cool, we'll watch it. And it's a good thing because you can heat up guys. New Japan's roster is fucking loaded. It's stacked. We saw it. There's yeah. too many people there. They've got to go somewhere everyone goes oh man kenta's in the the fucking thing oh that's in the rambo that's shit but it's like not for kenta kenta was just tag of marafuji on the fucking show he's having a fucking ball he's fucking job a jog to the ring yeah. was yeah. which then he brought a dash he's gonna bring that into his thing now he's gonna make that yeah. his thing yeah doing the fucking the walk and how yeah. good is it that they've paired him up with Tanahashi again, seemingly. Like, yes, yeah. let's do, let's just do that. <laughs> fucking great. It's like he's, that's his new evasive move. Is the fucking power walk. Yeah, it's so good. Right? <laughs> With his headband on, it's <laughs> fucking so good. He's the best, and that's what I'm saying, though, right? Like, people can get a bit self serious about he's not getting the push in New Japan. Maybe we'll leave. Of course, he won't because he's getting paid a shit ton of money, and he gets to do what he wants. And they let him go work Noah. Like, yeah. cool. Yeah, and they love him in Noah, even though he's fucking bullet club. He was tagging with fucking um Marafuji. Marafuji, yeah. yeah. And he's a face. Like they used to be the tag and yeah. it's just like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but okay, it's cool. He's bullet club, but but he's like he's here and everyone loves him. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. You know what I mean? Ultimately I like that. That you get to see different presentations of guys, you get a new fresh coat of paint, and then go back and they bring a little bit of that with them, you know, mm. and that's mm. to me that's a good thing. So <laughs> Power walking Kenta for 2023. Yeah, that might be my spirit animal for the year. <laughs> We've got a power walk power through 2023, walking. everyone. Yeah. I can absolutely. get those hips going. 